0: Welcome to Hail to the Podcast, brought to you by Maze and Blue Review. We obviously cover Michigan sports for the Rivals Network over at michigan.rivals.com. Today we're going to be talking about the still 15-0 national champion Michigan football team. Obviously with their season ending literally at the end of the season, uh, we've had kind of a rapid week this week with NFL decisions, some transfer portal decisions as well. The dust has kind of settled. Team 145 is starting to come into shape. So we are going to go through each position group, kind of talk about where things are looking right now, heading into the spring, obviously who left, what into their decisions, who's still here, and just who we think might break out from the group, go through our potential depth chart, and then whether or not Michigan may need to look into the portal to address some needs that they may not have predicted. And, of course, we will be talking about Jim Harbaugh and What's going on with him and his potential stay or go decision? Obviously, an interview with the Chargers this week. We'll we'll get into where all the things stand with that. Which, if you have been at Michigan.rivals.com, you've been getting updates already from our Intel insider and publisher, Mr. Josh Henschke. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. How about you? (laughs) I'm tired. Yeah. We were talking about I don't know what my deal is. I don't know if it's the the winter weather finally arriving or or what, but just been tired lately. But Hey, I'm also in Groundhog's Day with this Harbaugh stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we're gonna talk about it. this. Feels a little different this year. It's kind of a weird in between of the previous years. It's similar but different. But anyway, Brock, not traveling, not going to a football game for the first time in a long time. So, how are you doing, Mister Brock Heilig?
1: I'm I'm doing good. It's interesting though. There's I think there's this false perception that after football season, football season is over, things die down and it, and it gets uh you know, boring, but this week has been just as busy, if not even busier than a normal football week with all the, you know, draft decisions, portal entries, things like that. It's been a lot to keep up with along with basketball too. So there's, there's definitely been a lot
0: to keep up with. Wait, there's basketball. Basketball got a win (laughs) against Ohio state. (laughs) If we have time at the end of the show, we will bring up that game and what I feel was a stunt, frankly by Juwan and the fab five. If we we have time, hopefully,
2: hopefully someone just filibusters this show. (laughs) (laughs) That'd
0: be great. But no, Brock, you're right. Football is a year round sport now, man. Mm -hmm. Between, you know, the signing day and transfer portal windows. And then obviously, I mean, spring camps, not that far away. We obviously have the NFL draft and Michigan has, depending on how you count it, 20 or 21 eligible players in this NFL draft. So Harbaugh at the start of the year said, Hey, I've got a team to win the national championship. And I think I got 18 dudes going to the NFL. Yeah. Right. You might be right. We'll have to see how many actually get drafted as we're going through the scholarship chart. And then, like I said, some of those in and out decisions, we can maybe talk about that as well in terms of NFL shakeout. But of course we got to lead with the big story, which is always Jim Harbaugh and NFL rumors. (laughs) So, um, Josh, I I know there's a specific topic you want to talk about as far as rumors and and things going around. We've reached the tension and leverage stage, right? The season is over. Jim Harbaugh can no longer talk about his one track mind on, you know, Michigan football. Uh, Obviously he is now able to, and is speaking to NFL teams. So things are being said in the media. And, and like I said, it's tension and leverage at this point. So, Right. Kind of handicap this area, fill in people with what we know and maybe what we know is BS and all of this, but Jim Harbaugh, Michigan working on a contract per word manual at the Michigan celebration. Jim Harbaugh has interviewed, right? This wasn't just a conversation that the charges released it, which is not an abnormal thing, by the way, I don't know if people don't realize that, but the NFL has gotten really formal with that in the last couple of years. They always tweet out who they've interviewed with, but they have interviewed Jim Harbaugh. He was in California for something else, etc. But anyway, As we sit here on Tuesday, where where are things? And like I said, what do do you think are facts in this scenario? And maybe what's some BS that's out there right now?
2: There's a lot of BS out there. Um, I don't even know where to start with the BS,
0: honestly. Um, there's I one mean, thing of BS I think you could talk about if you want to drop in the others, go ahead. But I know there's one thing you're passionate about.
2: Well, yeah, but I don't really, I don't really care enough to even talk about it because All we right. know, like, I'll just talk, whatever. I'll just talk about
0: it. Do what you want um, to do, brother.
2: You know, the fact that the fact that everyone talks about how, uh, you know, the regents are involved and in, in the regents are, you know, have a say about the contract process um that's crap it's not true they can't do that they have no say in the contract process they don't ratify a contract through um you know meetings and and stuff like that they they don't do that so anyone that tries to tell you that uh there's a region involved that's trying to you know um Trying to get involved or trying to say that they wouldn't approve of the contract, you know, you just wave them off because this is a Michigan athletic department thing and this is a Jim Harbaugh thing. So anyone else, and I guess Santa Ono too, I suppose to, to a to a certain degree because obviously he has to ultimately you know sign off on everyone else's paycheck. So, um, but. I think that was the main point of BS that I heard coming out of the weekend that, you know, Oh, so-and-so region doesn't like the the language or whatever that Harbaugh's asking for too bad. If he doesn't, if he or she doesn't like it, it too bad, it, it's no, it's, it, 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 it's nothing. You can't do anything about it. Regent, you know? And I think the big thing for me is that, you know, only at Michigan is the, do we know all these regents' names? Like it, it's like it, you, if you're, a long snapper. If you do your job, no one should know your name. You know, if you're a, you know, if you're in a position where someone knows your name, either that you're popular or that you've made some mistakes that people know your name and the regents, yeah, they're elected officials. You have to know their name. So somewhat, but we, we shouldn't, have to know these regions. They shouldn't have to be involved. They shouldn't have to get their names muddied up in all this stuff. Just let the athletic department do what they do and let them talk to Jim Harbaugh and go from there. There there's no, there should be no interlap. I mean, yeah, the, the, the regions can voice their opinions and all that stuff and and voice their support for Jim Harbaugh to make him feel the love, whatever. I don't care. It's they, they have nothing to do with this. So I just want to make that abundantly clear that if you hear anyone that says, um, oh, the, you know, so-and-so regent wants to get involved and say they're shutting this down. No, that's not how any of this works. It's not how it works. It just makes everyone else's job harder trying to sift through crap to get out to the other end of the sewage pipe.
0: So um, let's be careful with the, the poo visuals in this episode. I was haunted by your Taco Bell <laughs> comments last week. So, <laughs> explosives, explosives. Yeah. So, um, but as as far as that goes, though, the, the 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 clause language and and Michigan working on the contract. There's that, and then I think there's also Jim Harbaugh wants to hear what the NFL has to say.
2: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And I know mean, everybody
0: wants to blame someone, but that that's just true, right? I think like, it's time.
2: Yeah. I think it's time we start looking at Jim Harbaugh and pointing fingers at him. You know, we've heard for the last what two years that a contract's being worked on. You know, there's there's takes two to tango. And yeah, you know, Ward Banuel isn't perfect. He's not this infallible being that you know that that can do no wrong. Yes, he's imperfect. Yes, he's made mistakes. But when you're talking about Jim Harbaugh he's coming off the first time with the Vikings and saying, this is a one-time thing and it'll never happen again. Well, this is year three of this stuff. And the year and the third year looks more real than the other two. Yeah. So at this point, if you're going to have the university by the balls, at least be honest and not have all this stuff come out that, you know, you're negotiating. Yeah. You're negotiating. But at the same time, something just funnily enough, something new pops up to derail the, or, or push back the, the negotiations. So yes, it takes two to tango in this situation, but if one side has a wandering eye and is doing everything it can to stall and push back and not, and I'm not saying this is Jim Harbaugh directly because he's working with agents and lawyers and things like that, but it's a collective. And you know, if th- this thing gets, keeps getting pushed back, something new pops up, you know, something's you know, wrong with the minutia of the legalese and the contract. Just say you're looking, waiting for an NFL offer. Just say it. You're, you have the right to do it. And, and as much as you want to say, oh, you know, your preference is to be at Michigan, just say that you want to look to the NFL and you want to see what happens. Just be honest. I mean, yeah, he's being honest to the people that matter, Um but the, the fact that this negotiation has become public now just totally muddies up the waters and now allows Jim Harbaugh to kind of make the have people give the excuse oh well this negotiation was a mess so he said you know what screw it i'm out of here you know i'm going to go to the nfl it gives it gives everyone an out he's not bulletproof he, there is blame for him on this side, and there's blame for for Ward Manuel for getting to this, for for this getting this far. Yeah. Um. You know, again, it, it's a two sided thing. It's not, um. You know, this is one guy's fault. Ward Manuel has done e- everything he can to keep Jim Harbaugh. And there's just something new that pops up every time, whether it's the um, the language in his contract about the NCAA and all that stuff, which isn't that much of an ask. It's not that too big of an ask. However, if you're Michigan, you're asserting some level of risk to this too, because you're the one that has to pay him a hundred million dollars. Well, and there is there's-, an,
0: there's an unknown, right? We Michigan does not have an NOA right. on the Burgergate part of the scandal. So to... Put out this blanket, like, hey, yeah, no matter what comes from that, yeah, you won't be fired. Well, maybe there's something we don't know potentially, right? Like, right. And I'm
2: not saying that you know the NCAA is going to find something, but again, you're asserting a level of risk, giving him this guaranteed deal, and you know, saying, oh, hey, don't worry about it. No matter no matter what happens, you know, yeah, it's it's it allows you to have a little bit of trust in your guy, and you know, they've had his back throughout this whole process, but there is some level of risk to this. And, you know, I think Michigan is going to be in the process where they're kind of, you know, there's going to be some sort of middle ground. I don't think they're going to be, you know, caving and say, oh, hey, whatever you want, you can have it. There's got to be some middle ground. And yeah, the legalese and the and the wording in the contract has to be specific because if there's one little like loophole in it, and you know if you're in if you're in trouble you know there's a way to punch through it then you know who knows you may be uh on the on the uh i'm sorry i'm distracted by jet in the background he wants to dig a dig a hole in the ground. <laughs> um you know that there's some level of risk so yeah i mean yeah this is kind of what you get when you're successful you know they want to people go pro as we're going to talk about today uh coaches get uh, get poached from you all the time. And in Jim Harbaugh's case, um, you know, he gets, he gets, he's in demand. And, you know, I just think it's funny that all of these coaches around the league can get a, can get a contract extension done within 48 hours. Well, this thing with, with Harbaugh has gone on for two years. So at what point do we say he just wants, he just wants to see what the NFL offers and goes from there. But at some point the NFL stuff has to end. It doesn't matter, um, that's the, my cat, by the way. That's opening up the the closet doors. Not some ghostly <laughs> figure behind me that's opening these doors. It's a problem in this household that I have been trying to fix. But anyway, I, I don't have a ghost in my house. Um, so, at some point, get the shit or get off the pot. And off the pot is be done with. The, you know, if you if you're here for Michigan, say it and stay. If you're not be open and honest and say, Hey, I'm waiting for a good offer. And that's exactly what he's doing now. I mean, he interviewed face-to-face with the chargers over the weekend, you know, just say that, Hey, if there's an offer, the perfect offer out there and you'll take it at least be honest and not let your negotiations be so public where, you know, one side is getting heavily framed as Michigan being this inept, um, impossible piece to work with that's not allowing you to get your what you want in terms of your uh, your phrasing and stuff and I bet you any money any money if Michigan gets through this hiring stuff unscathed gets through the NFL hiring process and Harbaugh doesn't leave you will magically start to see progress on this, on this contract extension magically, you know, just by, <laughs> by some unknown being all of a sudden, everything's going to get worked out. Well, gee, I wonder why, because you've gone through the NFL process and you're, and you're in, and you're you still here. And now, wow, look at that. You can't get hired now. So um, I just, it, it, this whole thing is exhausting to be honest with you to be, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I don't think, I don't really have opinion either way of what he should do. I mean, at this point, if we're still here year three, if there's something that's out there and you get offered, you may as well take it now because you can't hold Michigan hostage every year. The football program, you can't hold them hostage every year. So um, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I mean, yeah. Jim Harbaugh has a place at the big boy table. He doesn't, I mean, yeah, I get, I understand the NFL itch, but He's got everything he wants and more in Ann Arbor um and at this point if if that's not good enough then go then go and and try and get that elusive uh, Super Bowl ring but um
0: it's just
2: yeah it's just well,
0: we've we've talked about the fact that he has everything and more in Ann Arbor and how that applies to this NFL search right So he has to get the perfect situation the perfect offer, it's 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 got to be Michigan plus the chance to win a Super Bowl, right? So Brock, that's why we this feels like it's Chargers or Michigan, right? I know we've seen yeah. reports that you know maybe Washington kicked the tires or he'll talk to the Raiders. It, it's Chargers or Michigan because of the family situation. We've talked about that a bunch. I'm not going to rehash that. But like Aiden asks, why do we just assume Harbaugh gets the offer? The Chargers have interviewed, requested many, etc. We don't assume. Harbaugh gets the offer. You know, we've talked about that before too. Jim Harbaugh has never received an NFL offer since getting to Michigan. Right. So I don't think there's an assumption. I do think the chargers are being very deliberate, right. They've interviewed a lot of GM candidates. I would argue with their current cap situation, the GM might be more important than the head coach hire. Right. But they are taking this Harbaugh situation seriously. This isn't what I think the Broncos was. And then obviously the Vikings, again, not rehashing that, there does appear to be some legitimate mutual interest here. Mm-hmm. I do think this is the one job that Jim Harbaugh would be for. I've never been in the any offer camp. I think this is the one that yeah. if they gave him everything he wanted. But it, how do you think that shapes things, Brock? and Or, you know, the, the Chargers-Michigan dynamic. Do you think Harbaugh might be willing to make some concessions to the Chargers to take this job? Or is this a situation where, like Josh said, this has to be the last time because he's at his peak, right? He just won a Natty. Yeah. Right? If this yeah. is the time to leave, it makes sense. The Chargers are the job. So if this isn't it, it it's got to be it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I agree with everything that Josh said, especially there at the end when you said, "Josh, that you don't have a big opinion either way what happens, whether he goes or leaves." I completely agree with that statement. Because this year, the third time, this third go around, it's different than the first two because Michigan is now coming off a national championship. You know, Harbaugh has brought Michigan to the peak of college football. There, you you can't go up anymore from from where you're at right now. If you're Michigan, you've you've reached the pinnacle, and you couldn't say that the last two off seasons when this was happening. And I think a lot of fans would have questioned the last two years of Harbaugh left if if his era at Michigan was even successful. You know, he started 0 five against Ohio state and, and really never brought Michigan to the peak of college football. And then it, if, if he would have gone to the NFL, it, it, you know, may have been questionable whether or not he was, he was actually successful at Michigan. Now there is no doubt that he was successful at Michigan. You can't, you can't go any, any higher than, than winning a national championship, right? At least in college that is. So I, I do think, in my opinion, I think he'd be willing to, like you said, Trevor, make some concessions here about that that Chargers job. I don't think everything has to be exactly perfect. I think, you know, it's been it's been talked about. He wants to win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and you know, he brought Michigan to the top. He won it all with Michigan. There's not much more left to do, in in my opinion, other than win a second one. Which, you know, how, how much is that really going to mean compared to the first one? And I also think the fact that Sharon Moore stepped in, in those last three games of the regular season might play a factor too, because I do think that Harbaugh wants to leave Michigan in a good spot. And I think he can do that. He can do that a lot more comfortably knowing that Sharon Moore went and beat Penn state in happy Valley, beat Maryland for win number 1000 and then beat Ohio state at home. I think he'd be much more willing to go take a job in LA, knowing that Sharon Moore is there taking over and, I don't, I'm not an insider like Josh is or anything like that, but I I am pretty certain that Sheryl Moore would be the guy to take over if uh, Harbaugh were to leave. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I really don't have a strong opinion. He he's, he's earned everything he has at this point. If he wants to go take an NFL job, then then he should. And Michigan fans shouldn't be mad at him because he brought Michigan back to the top. And if he wants to stay, then great, you know, let's go try to win another one that I think that's, that should be the mindset.
0: I think in 21, there was kind of this sentiment of like, whether it was, okay, we understand why you were frustrated by what happened with 2020 or, you know, I've said, I think Harbaugh thought after that Georgia game that that was the highest he could bring Michigan. Mm -hmm. I think he had this moment where that's what he believed and that, you know what I mean? And he had done it. And then obviously he goes to Minnesota and that experience is not what he expected. Right. And he did not want to be, grilled in an interview i think he thought he was going there to basically get the job right so he leaves and says ward i'm done with this right yeah and then comes back in 2022 is successful and they have a team that was capable of winning a national championship and he has this realization of like hey we can win a national championship at michigan and that's why in 22 i mean josh's reporting was all over that i know he had conversations with the broncos but he was telling people he was staying and he wasn't going anywhere. And like, it just, it never felt like he was leaving. He knew what 23 could be. Right. And while he may still be sharing the sentiment that his intention is to stay or that he'd like to stay, it does feel a little different whether the chargers offer him or not. I don't know. I'm still torn on that. Um, I just, and again, we could get into the Chargers' ownership and, and where they've been cheap and issues they've had or where Harbaugh has a connection. I mean, there's, there's so many elements to this, but the thing is, it's not going to be immediate, right? All reports from the NFL side or people that come from the Michigan Harbaugh side are charges are in no hurry. They're going to be deliberate. Like this is probably going to take a little bit. Like that's, that's yeah. just where we're at. But Brock, I think you bring up a good point with, knowing more is there for the handoff, whether you believe DeBoer would have been a candidate or not. I mean, there's just no obvious other hiring candidate. It'd be weird to not take more. I just I think that's where it's going. So we wait and and then we'll analyze what we think it means for the future moving from there. But for now, we do know some, some future things when it comes to Team 145, right? So the, the big decision that we were waiting for was obviously J.J. McCarthy. You know, for a long time, it felt like, things were trending where McCarthy would stay at Michigan and, and how much he loved being at Michigan and the things he maybe still wanted to do. And we hypothesized, nobody knows how they're going to feel after winning a natty, right? Like what, what is that going to do? And it became clear as the week went on towards the end with the the celebration, Josh, that JJ felt like he did everything he needed to do at Michigan. I thought him wearing the business is finished. hoodie was a statement in itself. People who saw his comments, at the celebration kind of felt like this was coming, right? But hey, he's decided he's ready for the next phase of his life. You know, he, he got engaged. They're going to move out to California while he gets ready for the draft, etc. cetera. But JJ ends up going, going to the NFL. He leaves undefeated against Ohio state, nothing but a big 10 champion and a national champion. So while we debated maybe what coming back could do to his draft stock in terms of his, status is Michigan legend. It was all risk, right? Like what what else was he going to do if he came back?
2: Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. I mean, what can, yeah, I mean, he's done everything that he can possibly do um, outside of winning a Heisman, but what's the point of coming back just to win a Heisman when, you know, you've, you're coming off a uh, national title run. So um, yeah, it's really not a big surprise that he left um i mean yeah it's it's a bit of a hit but that's the kind of stuff that you brace for uh when you have good players i mean good players come and go um you know the sign of a good program is how you um rebuild i won't i won't say like or, or, or bounce back i don't know if it's gonna i don't think it's a total um from the bottom up rebuild, but, uh, reload, that's the word I was thinking of. I couldn't, I it just wasn't clicking there, but reload, I think this is kind of a reload situation here. You know, this is what good programs do. Uh, they, they take the losses and that and that goes the same thing with, with the coaching staff as well. You know, you take your losses and you fill it with equal or greater talent. You can't fill it with equal or lesser talent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm pretty sure most Michigan fans were probably bracing for once Michigan won the national title. They are probably bracing for this moment, you know, life without J.J. McCarthy. Um, you know, they were only going to have him for one more year anyway. So, uh, I mean, we'll see what the future holds. Um, obviously, I think Alex Orgy is probably going to look like the, the guy, at least for now. I think it's going to be probably – you know, Alex Orgy, Jaden denegal type of battle in spring. I mean, Davis Warren coming back is, is helpful too. Um, but I would not at all be shocked if Michigan goes quarterback in the portal in April, um, kind of evaluating what they have. And I'll, I'll probably mention this multiple times during the, uh, during this, this podcast, is that you know they might wait until April to see what they have, or at least after spring ball to see what they have, and then evaluate the roster that way. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that was going to be the plan even before JJ left. I mean, there were going to a couple of key positions that were going to be like, hey, let's just see what we have um, after spring and go from there. That's why, you know, they, they did have a couple of misses in the portal during the first window, but that's why they didn't really go very heavy. You know, they only had a couple of select guys and, and yeah, they had, you know, decisions go the other way, but um, I think coming up, they're going to be much more uh, aggressive because they have some open spots that they can fill in the portal. And you, you don't, and you don't really, you never really know who pops up in the portal anyway. Um so, you know, th- there might be someone tomorrow, like, I don't know, like, a, and I'm not saying it will happen, but like a, a Jalen Milrow pops up in the portal. Yeah. I think Michigan should absolutely go after him. And, um, you know, I want to shout out someone real quick here. Cause I noticed him in the comments, Mr. Michael Barrett, senior, how are you doing, sir? Thank you for raising such a, a, a talented son. Uh, he's a, he is a baller, um, wish him the best of luck in the NFL too. Um, yes. And, and and what he says is hundred percent correct program is absolutely in great shape with leadership. There is experience, there's talent. And I think the good thing too, about this program is that there's a lot of talent that still needs to be tapped into, which is, which is big for this program too. And, and yeah, there, there is ways that you can supplement that talent with experience from the portal, but <sighs> I'm not I'm not sitting here going, oh man, what is Michigan gonna do? Oh, they're in so much trouble. You know, their their defense, they had a lot of good, they had a lot of good announcements go their way on the defensive side of the ball, too. Um, maybe more of a losses on the offense, but the you can't keep guys for 10 years. You know, it's not this isn't the NFL where you can sign guys long term.
0: Well, unless you're Casey Thompson.
2: Yeah, right. True. True. <laughs> true. So it, it you just have to trust the development of the coaches. I mean, they've developed the guys that left to be, you know, national championship level talent. You kind of have to put the trust in that they can build it back up again. I mean, maybe, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Michigan is absolutely going to win the national championship again next year, but I still think they can be very good. And that's even with or without Harbaugh on the sideline. Um, I think the culture is that good. and um, That's funny. I just think you know I, I yes Michigan is in good hands. I think Mr. Barrett nailed it, and and obviously no one would know better than, than any of us than than Mr. Barrett for sure. Um, so this is just what you do. This is the price of doing business. Just the same thing with with Jim Harbaugh and what he's doing with the with the Chargers. This is the price of doing business when you're good. You're going to have guys leave, and to order to remain good, you have to plug and play. And I think that's what Michigan's going to do this year uh, coming up. And obviously it's so very early, you know, that who knows what's going to happen between now and September in terms of additions and all of that, you know, opinions could change dramatically. So, um, you know, it, it's very much wait and see. And I know right now it's like, oh boy, you know, what is Michigan going to do without McCarthy? we don't know what Michigan's going to do. We don't know what the future holds for college football in, in, in the, the transfer portal. So, um, I, I think you can't go into fall camp with four quarterbacks, three of them, true scholarship guys with Davis Warren being a walk on turn scholarship. You gotta have depth there. So I think they'll address depth regardless, but, um, you know, I don't think it's all, I don't think it's all, you know, bad. I don't, I I don't, I don't think it's all bad. Um, you know, yeah. The next guy is probably not going to be JJ McCarthy, but who is going to be JJ McCarthy only JJ, you know, you can't replicate that. So, um, you know, it just, it is what it is. You know, it it is what it is. And you just have to deal. I mean, I, I think this is what Michigan fans have to realize that, you know, when you're at this level, you just have to deal. You have to deal with guys leaving in the portal. You have to deal with guys leaving in the NFL. You have to deal with coaches going elsewhere. Um, You know, this is the price of doing business. I mean, if you guys, I mean, look at Alabama, you know, happens all the time to them. They lose guys, they reload, Um, lose coaches, they reload. It it, it just, you know, when you're at the big boy table, people want to copy what you're doing. So you just kind of have to deal with it.
0: Brock with the quarterbacks orgy, I think, one thing that's gotta be said is this this coaching staff believes in Alex Orgy and they believe in Jaden Denegal. Like people need to accept that. Orgy has not switched positions and Denegal is the guy they talk about as a, a big, tall pocket passer with a good arm. So those two are obviously involved. Davis Warren coming back from a shoulder injury. And then whether the freshman Jaden Davis will be allowed to have a say in the competition or not, we will see. But in, in terms of obviously Josh is right, I think Michigan's gonna address this in the portal after the spring. But in terms of what they have, if a starter is coming from this group, is there anybody that intrigues you? I mean, obviously we're speculating at this point, right? Other than one pass from Orgy in the spring game, and we know he can run physically. We've seen that. But other than that, we're completely speculating on what these guys would be.
1: Yeah, I I think the entire competition intrigues me. And I was just, while you guys were talking, I was looking up some stats here. Everyone talks about Alex Orji as the leading candidate, he's thrown one pass in his college career, and that was in 2022 for five yards. So I don't know. It's it's definitely going to be, like you guys said, something that the, the staff will need to address in the portal in the spring, at the very least for depth, if not looking for a, for a starter. But it's, it's going to be interesting. Alex Orji is a guy where he could – I've seen the comparison to Jalen Milrow, and I think – it could work out, but is that the kind of offense that Michigan's going to want to run with, you know, a, a quarterback that's so reliant on the run? How's that going to work with with Donovan Edwards, Kalal Mullings, things like that? And, you know, we haven't seen a lot of Jaden Denegal either, and I think that's something that, again, it's a little concerning. Davis Warren didn't look great in his limited action this season. I know, Trevor, like you mentioned, he was coming off that injury maybe wasn't fully healthy but yeah it's 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 those three guys and then a true freshman and as as highly touted as the true freshman Jaden Davis is I don't know if he's going to be ready by week two to go in there and and take on a Texas team so it's it's tough I I'm very interested to see what they're going to do in the spring but it's it's gonna. Be, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. There's four guys that really don't have a lot of experience, and they're gonna need to go to the portal. And we just saw today that little Tua uh, got his waiver denied,
0: so he's off to the NFL and off the table. But um, well, you mean honoring your brother isn't a reason to get a whole another year of eligibility? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to bring better than that, man. I'm sorry. I mean, don't get me wrong. Alabama screwed him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but like. Yeah, anyway, not shocked.
2: I want to add, I want to add too. I mean, obviously in-game experience is the most weighted thing that you can, but you also have to think about the coaching staff also have two years of of full-camp experience with these guys. So, yeah, we might not have seen him throw, but the coaches have for two years. I mean, Alex Orgy was a scout team quarterback for a while there, uh, simulated uh, Milrow um, in the Rose bowl and has done that a few times with mobile quarterbacks. So, um, you know, it's not like he has never thrown a pass ever during his time at Michigan, but you know, these guys have, and and obviously Jaden Davis is going to be, you know, a a project new to this. So you don't really know what you're getting from a a collegiate standpoint yet, but, um, yeah, Orgy and Denigal, I mean, you've seen at least this coaching staff has seen plenty of plays with them. Um, you know, it's going to look a little different now because you're not going to have the same, uh, wide receivers, you know, mostly the same wide receivers, you know, a brand new offensive line that you're going to have to, uh, build chemistry with. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, experience against teams other than your own is, is what means the most, but, you know, it's not like these guys are coming into to the camp with, with not ever, Throwing a pass or not understanding the offense. I mean, these yeah. guys have a really good grasp of the offense. Um, just, you know, on-field experience is kind of, kind of, kind of different. And and yes, live experience is what matters most. But you got to have some sort of experience.
0: Let's uh, let's get through some of these positions that, like you're saying, we will have new and some we won't have changes. Uh, one Mich- Michigan knows who their quarterback's going to be handing the ball to right so donovan edwards was one of the returns uh which is obviously a, a big deal for michigan to get him back uh for those of you with the in the comments section if you're watching here on youtube the way the scholarship chart is set up the year is the class that they were committed to if they have a plus sign that's for COVID extra year of eligibility if they have the little asterisk star that's for a red shirt um if you have any other questions while going through it feel free to ask but that that's how i've got it broken down and anybody in bold is in their last year of eligibility. So heading into next year, Josh Edwards is back. Yeah. Kalel Mullings. I think we all know in limited usage, the, the signs of him being potentially a really good running back. Um, So maybe, maybe Mullings is RB one and Edwards stays in a similar role or whatever, but you've got two really good options there. I think people are excited about Ben Hall being healthy based on what they saw in the spring. And then obviously, Cole Cabana is still there as well. There's been some talk about him. We might get into it. And then Jordan Marshall, when it comes to freshmen being able to play, Mm -hmm. I think he's one of the ones that you could say, hey, I I could see him get onto the field. He has the talent. But this running back room, obviously, you don't easily replace the greatest running back in Michigan football history. Blake Corham is gone. But I think there's a lot of good things in this running back room, or at least things I feel good about.
2: Yeah, I think – you know, the running back room is probably one of the better in terms of safer positions that Michigan has. Um, Donovan Edwards, obviously coming back is gigantic for this offense. Um, You know, say what you will about his season, but, you know, having a guy like that, a senior, uh, experienced guy, you know, you'd rather have him than not. Kalel Mullings really coming on strong to be that, uh, you know, that thumper back, that quorum-esque type of guy for short yardage. Um Ben Hall too can also play that role. So um yeah, I think Michigan is in a really good spot with with running backs. Um, you know, Donovan Edwards and Khalil Mullins leading the way. But uh I you know, personally, I would like to see guys like Ben Hall and Cole Cabana get a little bit more run. I think Cabana is probably a little bit more of a, a finesse runner, but um that's okay. He just needs to stay healthy. That's his problem. And I mean, he, he spent the better half of last year uh injured. So um yeah, I mean, we'll we'll kind of see there. I mean, if, if that trend kind of continues, Jordan Marshall, man, I mean, yeah, he's coming in the fall, but that kid's gonna be a beast. I mean, a high character kid, really just embodies this current culture, and um, you can't forget about Apana K- too. I mean, he's he's got some skill as well. Rocket so, ship. Yeah, they they're they're gonna be young on the back end, but that's okay you know, because you've got Donovan Edwards and Kalel kind of to uh, offset that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really tough to not look at the running backs and say, Hey, that's probably Michigan's best position coming into this season. And Hey, guess what? That's Michigan's bread and butter running the football. So, you yeah, know, having not that, to be good at, <laughs> yeah. Having that kind of depth, um, you know, you don't really have to make wholesale changes in, in the way of your philosophy on offense too, because you've got similar style running backs. So, Um, yeah, you know, we'll obviously talk about it in the future too, but, um, a new offensive line. Yeah. It, it doesn't exactly help, but you know, you, those guys have seen the field. Those guys have had years of development. If they don't come in and, and do well, I would be very, very surprised.
1: Aside from the interior defensive line, I think this is the position group that I'm most excited for in 2024. You've got the great one-two punch with Kahlil Mullings and Donovan Edwards. And then you've got those four guys over there on the right, Ben Hall, Cole Cabana, Jordan Marshall, and Micah Capana. Those four guys have so much potential. yeah. And I feel like with if you sprinkle them in along with Kahlil Mullings and Donovan Edwards and rotate them in as kind of like a third back, and that, that's not to take anything away from Tavi or Dunlap, but I do think it, it's pretty clear the four younger guys over there on the right have a little bit more potential than Dunlap does you sprinkle those guys into the rotation along that along with Mullings and Edwards I think that's a great great running back room you know we've we saw what Ben Hall can do in the spring game last year Cole Cabana's had a lot of hype Jordan Marshall won the Mr. Ohio football player of the year and Kapan is good too right Mike Hart loves him we know that so yeah lot, lots of potential there I I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how the staff uses Mullings and Edwards. I think Toski is of the opinion that Mullings will actually be running back Iron one. one. Yep. I I I tend to agree with him. I don't think I don't think Donovan Edwards is really a a workhorse running back or a a lead back in in any offense. Really, I just I just don't. I don't think he's a guy that you're going to turn around and hand the ball off to twenty five times a game like like you did to Blake Corum. I think we're going to see a lot of Kahlil Mullings, Donovan Edwards, will kind of, I think, maintain that home run role, if you will, that kind of lightning in the thunder and lightning. Kahlil Mullings, someone mentioned in the comments, he'll kind of be like Hassan Haskins, I think, that that thunder 100%. role and, and Donovan Edwards will be the lightning. But, yeah, really excited about the the four young guys there in, in the 23 and 24 classes. I think sprinkle them in, keep them fresh throughout the season. That It, it could, be, could work out really well.
0: Yep. No, I totally agree. And Edwards is such an interesting argument because I agree with what you said. I, I'm with Toski. I think Calum Mullings is that RB one in terms of the guy that you can count on in short yardage. He's going to get you five yards every time. Get those extra yard or two. The Haskins comparisons are obvious. But Edwards' his best games are when you give him at least 15 carries, and and he builds up and he works up yeah. to it. So like you could make the argument he's a better back when he gets more carries. So yeah, I'm with you. That's a big storyline for me, how they use those two. We've seen Ben Hall and the talent he has. I think he's a factor. I've been on record. I think Jordan Marshall's the best running back in the class. Cole Cabana is going to be interesting how they use him. I wonder, as we get into this next position, if Cole is maybe a guy you consider using at wide receiver. Maybe not a full position switch, but you know he's a guy like Donovan early in his career where you wanted to get him out in space, right? And he was explosive in high school, returning, catching the ball, running, everything. So I'll be interested to see how they use him. But yeah, the the wide receiver room, obviously, on paper, not as positive as the running back room, right? So a lot of production is gone. Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, your top two receivers headed to the NFL. Uh, Darius Clemens entered the portal. We, we've been talking about this already with him, separating who we thought he would be from who he's been right this is a guy who's only had six targets in two years a sophomore that hasn't really cracked into the 2 deep was passed over by freshmen this year so i'm as bummed as anybody i've been hyping this dude up for two sure. years i wanted him to be that big x receiver but i think michigan looking in the portal uh jamal banks was a name who did commit to nebraska but i think that's another place michigan could look but look going into the year next year you know the expectations are tyler morris who we saw his speed against Alabama is a guy that takes a big leap in the Roman Wilson role as the Z receiver. We know Samaj Morgan is, is your starting slot at this point. Yep. Already good freshman year, maybe a sophomore leap. I think Fred Moore is probably the guy right now for the other wide receiver spot. But Josh, this is a room full of young, talented, frankly, very similar receivers that yep. five ten to six foot, 180 pounds speedster guy um, talent, very, very little experience in production is this going to be Michigan? Like, Hey, somebody break through here. Somebody be the explosive guy. I mean, they were looking in the portal already. You got to assume that's going to continue, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, this is definitely a position that Michigan is going to address. Uh They were tried to address it uh before. I think they need at least just one guy that's kind of over six, three. Um, they don't need to, they don't really need to just pile on. Um on the on the on the height but at least one outside guy that has some height uh could really do them well and i think you gotta have to if either if someone hits the portal that we aren't thinking about but it'll definitely be something they address in april for sure um i would i'm hesitant i'm hesitant to say this is michigan's weakest position right now Because we don't really know, but I guess that fact alone is that we don't really know what this group can do kind of makes them the weakest, I think. I think the unknown, I think the unknown is kind of what sets this position group back a little bit. Um, You know, there's a lot of talent. I mean, we've seen it. Samaj, great. Tyler, obviously the leader. He's going to be the stalwart there. Um, We've heard a lot of good things about Peyton O'Leary. We've seen it. Um, he's kind of a lot like Darius Clemens, a guy who shows up in spring and
0: hashtag Peyton O'Leary. Yeah.
2: (laughs) uh, Kind of like a Darius Clemens, a guy who, you know, showed up a lot in spring, but not really kind of did much else than that. But, um, I think the big thing here is that can these guys block can Fred Mm. Moore block can Carmelo English block can Kendrick block. Um, you know, I think Marion and, and Channing will probably have a little bit more time to develop, but if you can't block, you're not going to see the field. So this is kind of the big thing is, uh, we know Tyler can block Samaj obviously, uh, can block as well. He's seen the field plenty of times, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at Fred and Carmelo and knowing that they, I mean, Kendrick too, as well, of course, but you know, those two guys, um, have a lot of, have a lot of promise and, and Kendrick, you know, if you look at the bell jeans, he's going to make plays. It's just what happens. So, um, you know, if that's this year, then, then yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I think if those three of Fred and Carmelo and Kendrick, and, and I'm not really necessarily saying anything that no one here doesn't know, but, you know, I think the, if these guys can step up, they're in a much better place now than they were coming out of the season. Um, you know, just, just, even just, one of those three step up, I think they'll be fine. But the, the big key here is that can these guys block? And we don't really know that yet. So again, that kind of brings me back to the point where I think this is Michigan's weakest position group on offense, just because the sole fact of we haven't really seen these guys yet. And so will they address this position? Probably. I don't know if they'll get a grad transfer, a two-year player, whatever, Um you know, I think probably their best case scenario is bringing in a grad transfer just to kind of uh, fill a temporary hole while these younger guys develop. But um we'll see. I mean, yeah, a lot of unknowns, a lot of talent. I mean, it's not like these guys are bad players. I mean, there, there's a lot of talent there. We just don't really know what they can do and you know, just blocking in this offense is so crucial and it would go the same way. If, if Harbaugh was here or if Sharon Moore is here, The identity is going to be the same. So, man, we'll we'll see. You know, I think there's talent. Yeah, it's not like this, this position group is void of talent. They've got guys. They just don't have experience. And, yeah, the only way to get experience is to play them. So, you know, they'll likely see time. It's just how does that position develop? We'll see. And I think also piggybacking off the receive or uh, excuse me the running backs if you have a good running game the pressure of the receiving group comes off tenfold i mean we've seen it if michigan just moves the ball on the ground you don't necessarily have to rely on um your your running backs and and so or excuse me you rely on your receivers so there's plays to be made out there it's just we'll kind of see who has developed on a faster track than anyone else. And, but I know, you know, there's at least two guys you can rely on right now, maybe, maybe three with Peyton O'Leary, Tyler Morris and Samaj for sure. Um, The rest of them are kind of question marks and the only way to find out really is just to play them. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to.
1: Yeah. That's, this is a position that's right up there with quarterback where they're very inexperienced and, young too that that's something else maybe not about the quarterbacks this is a young receiving core and and i think michigan's going to have to like you guys mentioned hit the portal for a big big frame tall guy who's going to be able to go up there and, and win 50 50 balls if you throw them or, or be able to to outmuscle guys for a ball things like that i don't think you're going to see a lot of that from tyler morris or samaj morgan they might even need two, in my opinion. They might need two receivers from the portal. I just don't know. They, they're not going to be able to trust anyone really going in. Tyler Morris has one career touchdown. That that one in the Rose Bowl, I think, was his first career touchdown. And Samaj Morgan has, what, three, four? So, And I know O'Leary had one in garbage time against Nebraska, but it's it's a very – very inexperienced group. If I'm being honest, I don't think Peyton O'Leary is going to be a a factor uh, in, in 2024. We've heard a lot about him, especially, you know, when he's performed well in the spring game, but I just don't think he's going to be much of a factor. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I just don't see it. I think, I think we're going to need to see a big step up uh, from Fred Moore, Carmelo English, big sophomore jumps, Kendrick Bell too. And, even from Samaj Morgan, I know he played really well as a freshman, got a lot of playing time, but he's going to need to take a step too. I, I just don't see how they can go into twenty twenty four with with Tyler Morris as wide receiver one and Samaj Morgan as wide receiver two. I don't, I don't think that's a recipe for success, especially with Texas looming in week two.
0: Sorry, guys, I'm having a weird computer issue here, so I might have to back out and come back in in a second, but. um I, I'm less concerned about the top with with Tyler Morris and Samaj Morgan as I am everyone else, because we we've talked about Michigan and, and what they do in the transfer portal and, and bringing in experience and, and competition so that, look, we've got these guys that are talented. We think they can be the guys to take the next step. We just don't want to need them to do that. Right. So. That, that's where I think it gets interesting. Obviously, if Kendrick Bell turns out to be a taller version of his brother, then cool, <laughs> right? Fred yeah. Moore's so a guy that can take a step, English maybe. But yeah, there's just complete unknowns there, and, and that makes it really interesting. So, And yeah, I think I, it looks like this is what I'm going to have to do. So if you guys – I hate to do this to you, but if you well, – we, we got tight ends next. Yeah, tight ends next. So the, the thing right. I was going to talk about – I don't have it in front of me now because of the computer issue, but Colston Loveland sneaky, if you will. Yeah. Matched Jake, Butt, <laughs> Jake butts best season. So we're talking about receivers and that big body guy that can win a 50, 50 ball, et cetera. Colston Loveland was already the number two receiver this year. Yeah. He's got a chance as the top tight end next year. in no AJ Barner, but with this receiver room is Colston Loveland just going to be the dude across the board in the passing game
2: it's highly likely i mean yeah as you mentioned i mean he's the number two <laughs> number two receiver so having that is is fortunate it takes a little bit of pressure off the receivers but um man i think that yeah I, I just i don't know if he's going to be that outside presence that you know that that many i know a lot of people in the comments have mentioned too that can you stretch him out wide I think he's too good of a blocker both in the run game and the pass game to do that. I mean, yeah, there's probably um, some situations where you can bump him out wide and it's happened before, but man, he's such a good blocker, efficient blocker willing to, to just throw his body at, at anyone. I think um, that really bodes really well for, um, for for Michigan's passing game. So um, I'm distracted by Trevor's frozen face. So I'm going to (laughs) remove him from the stage here. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I I think obviously we know we've got a known commodity. We we, we know of uh, Loveland. The big question is what do they do behind him? And uh, a running theme of this offense is that, you know, they've got guys, but, Guys that not won't necessarily um, don't necessarily have have the time, you know, have the time on task. Uh, You know, they've got guys. You know, a a Zach Marshall comes to mind. um, A Marlon Klein, who the staff is really really high on Marlon Klein. They think he's a freak offensively, so um, he's going to be. You know, he unless barring someone that you know, if he hits the portal or something, I'm not saying that's going to happen. He should be uh, a guy that, that, that sees um, some, some time too. So again, we know what, we know what Colston is. Um, Max Bredesen, you know, th- th- thank you for bringing up the, uh, bringing up the, the, the chart here. You're uh, also muted. Um, <laughs> okay. I, you want to hear my hot take, my hot take for this team. Brady Prescorn is going to see time as a true freshman, and he's going oh. to be, I think, better than Colson Loveland. Well, I, I know that's a hot take. <laughs> not this year. Not I'm not saying this year.
0: That, that went from mild to in his,
2: in <laughs> too his, hot in, in his career. And Colson Loveland is damn good. I think Brady Prescorn is a stud. Stud. Capital S. So, and having him as an early enrollee, huge. And I think he's going to jump over Zach Marshall and Deacon Tony Ellie this year. I, I, both of those guys are, um, have, I've heard that they're coming along, but need a little bit more time. Yeah. But PreScorn as just a pure receiver, if you need that guy, you know, if we're talking about wide receivers, Brady pre your guy. He's a very good receiver, efficient receiver. Hogan Hansen very, the the same thing, you know, a good receiver, efficient receiver, maybe won't be your inline blocking guy, like what Max and and Colson can provide for you, but both capable receivers. So um, you can kind of offset your, 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 uh, you know, deficiencies at wide receiver with, with tight end. And with that, I don't think Michigan needs to go to the portal with, with experience. I think you give Marlon Klein your shot. I think, you know, you've got a guy like Max Bredesen and then Josh Beetham also backs up Max Bredesen, who's also a very kind of a similar guy. Um, so that I, I think I I am that high on Brady Prescorn. It's pretty high. It, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty high. Bro. <laughs> I mean, it might epically blow up in my face and, and make me look like an idiot. It wouldn't be the first time that I've been an idiot, but I just think Brady Prescorn is going to be that good. Um, and that good of a prospect. I just think he's he's got, he's going to be the the gem of the class, uh personally, I think. So um, I I really like what they have at tight end. I don't think they need to go to the portal. I think they've got enough to lean on here. uh obviously, that ultimately depends on who they lose uh, if they lose anyone after the spring. But right now, if this is your tight end group heading into the season, Michigan will be fine with that. I mean, you absolutely take that.
1: Absolutely, I think it's going to be the Colston Loveland show. I, I think unless unless you know he gets injured or something, I think he, he's going to run the show at tight end. Marlon Klein might get his shot early in the non conference schedule, but it's going to be Colston Loveland basically every down for the most part. And uh, I'm a little bit. On the opposite side of the fence as you are, Josh, in terms of Brady pre-scoring, I, I think that Hogan Hansen is going to turn out to be more productive in his Michigan career than pre will be. That's just my opinion. Uh, I, I, I'm i really high on Hanson. Not not as much as you are on pre-scoring, but, uh, yeah, same thing. Zach Marshall, Deacon Tonielli uh, might need a little bit more time to develop. I do want to talk a little bit about Max Bredesen because he – he was a guy that was so important to Team 144, and and he didn't get hardly any credit for the role that he played. He was essentially a fullback for the most part. Mm-hmm. He was – he just – he loved blocking, and you could see it. Yep. He just loved to run into guys and hit them and, and run them over. And it was fun to watch. And it's great that he'll be back next year. I don't think he's going to be – necessarily a a pass catcher or be featured in that type of role but he played a significant significant role for team 144 in helping them win a national championship and I think if he's that enthusiastic next year even even though Blake Corum isn't coming back and maybe Corum Corum did get a lot of the the credit on the he he scored the touchdowns and Bredesen was blocking for him things like that if he's there again next year I think Michigan's run game is going to be just just close close to as good as it was last year I don't it won't be as good because Corm's not back but Bredesen played a huge role I just wanted to give him a little shout out because he deserves a lot of credit for how successful the Michigan run game was but yeah Colston Loveland he's going to be the main guy in 2024 and I, I agree with Josh I don't think they need to go to the portal I think Loveland's good enough where he can he can be the guy the starting tight end for all 12 regular season games and Maybe, maybe Klein gets thrown in there a little bit, pre-scoring Hanson, whoever it may be. But, but yeah, I didn't realize that Brandon Mann was a tight end. I know he was a quarterback, and then I thought he switched over to defensive Safety.
0: back. I didn't know he then moved to tight end. Okay, he's yeah, he's now listed Safety, as a tight end. Yeah. Wow. yeah, that's a big dude too. And, I mean, yeah, uh, Bredesen deserves his shout-out. You're 100% right. Uh, Steve said he has to grade out while well his blocks are textbook. Yeah, my line all year has been he'd be the best – uh, blocking non-offensive linemen, if Max or excuse me, if AJ Barner didn't exist, one and two, power five blocking tight ends in college football last year. AJ mm-hmm. Barner and Max Bradison, so pretty amazing. Marlon Klein, we've been hearing about in a couple of years. I think he's going to be the guy that the bigger body fill that AJ Barner role for sure. You know, of the young group, Deacon Tonielli is big. He added a ton of weight coming in as a freshman, so he's a guy I think could be involved in the uh, blocking game. And if I have to break the tie between pre and Hanson, I think a lot of people, you, you guys represent the fan base. There's people big on Brady and people big on Hogan Hanson. So I'm not going to break the tie. I think they're both going to be very, very good.
2: Yeah. And both will be utilized.
0: <laughs> it's not like one is going to be utilized over the other. They're both yeah. going to play at and some they're, point. They're kind of different players too, but right. I wanted to hit on this before we moved offensive line. Cause I froze, but 45 receptions, 649 yards, and four touchdowns. That's player A. Player B, 51 receptions, 654 yards, and three touchdowns is player B. Player A is Colston Loveland. Player B is Jake Butt's best season at the University of Michigan. And that's with Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson. So if, if his targets do go up, uh, the way we talk about Colston Loveland in the history of Michigan football, yeah. All right, let's move to another. We, we've got the offensive line and the entire defense to go. So let, let's move to the offensive line here. Uh, so many starters have left. I can't even fit them all on the screen there. <laughs> so uh, we said at the beginning of the year that this offensive line could put six to seven players in the NFL draft. The number is six. Miles Hinton, excuse me, will be back. But Darius Henderson was out of eligibility. Keegan decided to go, not going to do a six year. Nugent, Zach Center, we knew uh, Barnhart. And then I think maybe the one surprise was Trent a. Jones. I think people thought maybe he would come back and, and be that starting right tackle. Um, again, another position group where talent, not a ton of experience, literally replacing all of your starters, right? We already have one incoming transfer, Josh Priby a guard from Northwestern have to figure him and El Hadi are your left and right guard in some combination. They both have played a lot of left guard. So I'm not sure how that'll shake out. And then miles Hinton, coming back, obviously got to think he's probably a favorite for left tackle, but yeah, your most experienced players are both people that have transferred in, right? Yeah. But look, if we go down this list, we've been hearing about Greg Crippen for the last couple of years. They get Olu, they get Drake Nugent. He was right there with Nugent last year, by all accounts. Raheem Anderson, another guy that if Olu you know, and Nugent don't come in, maybe Anderson gets more playing time. Uh, Andrew Gentry, a former top recruit, came in a couple years late because of the mission trip. And then the obvious—the the five new, the blue wall of the 2024 recruiting class, how they may factor into this year. Eh, right, freshmen, we can talk about that. But Josh, a lot of topics here. But when, when you look at this offensive line group, what sticks out? What's a concern? Is this another portal need potentially with with no tackles but Hinton coming back?
2: Yeah, I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine. Um, I'm not really worried about. Uh... The, the the group um you know i think it'll probably be from from left to right my best guess would be miles hinton geo crippen uh
0: you don't think prebie is the other guard?
2: oh yeah pre yeah pre- okay. yeah sorry sorry
0: Softball,
2: oh, right is staring right at his
0: um <laughs> the right and, tackle is probably the biggest I, my money yeah
2: being the tackle now, Harbaugh's talked about him all year, like that we need to get him on the field because he's that good. Mm-hmm. So with that kind of line of thinking, I think he's ready to, for, for a starting role, but yeah, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of names there. I mean, Percy has seen a lot of time uh, relative to, you know,
0: everyone else. He does have a career start and he played very well yeah. in that game that he started. Yeah. Yep.
2: Raheem Anderson can, can, you know, effectively jump Crippen. I think, I think Crippen is, I, I I'm ready to put him as pain, uh, put his name in ink on the depth chart uh i think he was darn close to beating out drake nugent um in in the fall but uh, yeah a, a crippin is due a lot of these guys are just due you know spell Hadi, no one else is more due than he is so he starts gotta,
0: on what 95 percent of college football yeah, offensive yeah, lines yeah. Right? yeah
2: yeah you've got it you've got a really good mix of 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 youth and um experience you know preeb obviously uh i i don't know how to spell that's how to say his name is it prebe Preb? i haven't seen preebe
0: but i said trent A jones name wrong for three years so yeah
2: yeah there you go you got
0: called out for it too i'm I sure swear, someone, i swear i looked was... it up because i heard somebody say trent and i'm like oh he says trent okay anyway. i'm
2: sure someone in the comments will <laughs> wrong, but, um yeah i mean yeah a combination of guys who have played you know, Previ obviously is the, you know, the, the top dog in terms of experience, but um, you know, El, El Hadi is going to give you a ton of experience on the, on the, on the left side. Um, there's just a lot of names that make sense that you could see jumping. Um, so, yeah. And obviously you like the young guys too, and you can give them time to um, give them time to kind of develop a little bit. They're not as deep as they were last year, but that's Okay. Uh, if they can stay healthy, I think, you know, it's, I think they're in a good spot. You know, the, they, these guys have been developed for this reason. So, you know, we talk about Michigan's development and offensive line all year. You know, if it's for real, we'll see. You know, we'll see these guys and, and kind of see how it goes from there. But, um, a lot, again, a lot to like. I don't think they need to address. I think th- the addition of Creed is the, is the, addition they needed to make Um, and, you know, barring something crazy, you know, with this, with this group, I think we're good, but um, yeah, a lot of names to like and a lot of guys that will come up in the future. I mean, Andrew Sprague or Sprague, excuse me, um, is going to be good. It's going to be really good. Amir Herring is going to be good once he gets his technique and fundamentals down. Connor Jones, another guy. Evan Link is a guy that I've heard that they really like too. So um, it it shouldn't come as a shock that Michigan's in really good hands in terms of offensive linemen, despite losing six guys. You know, six. Your whole starting line is gone plus one. So a lot to like there. I'm I'm not very worried about the offensive line, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good group. I don't think it's anywhere as deep as it was this past season Harbaugh said before the year started that they had 10 starting offensive linemen and, or maybe that was sure or more. I can't remember. It was one of the two. Oh, they, they probably said.
2: both probably said
1: it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but yeah, 10, 10 starting offensive linemen. And you see that with, with six of them going off to the, to the draft, but I, I don't think there will be too much of a drop-off, honestly, next year. I, I agree with Josh. I think it'll go Hinton. I think it'll go Elhadi, then Crippen, prebe and then Gentry. I do think they might hit the portal, uh, kind of, kind of play it how they did last year, kind of bring some guys in and let them challenge and make each other better. I don't think they're going to be content with sticking with who they have. And I think they might, you know, they brought in Henderson, they brought in Hinton and it made everyone better. Right. And maybe it didn't work out best for a guy like Trent A. Jones, but here he is going to the NFL and, I think everyone got better because of it, you know, competition amongst teammates sometimes is the best kind. Right. So I do think they might go to the portal, try and bring some guys in and, and make everyone better that way. But yeah, I, I think it's a good group. Crippen and Ahadi have been waiting a long time for for this. So I I give them a lot of credit for sticking around and not entering the portal. Like a lot of guys could have, and probably would have. So uh, yeah, lots of credit to them, and I do think it's a good group. I'm excited to see who they bring in because I do think it'll be at least one person, maybe at maybe at tackle, because uh, I don't know if I I know you guys said they they like Gentry, but I don't know if he might be ready for for something like
0: that. So, yeah, it,
1: excited to see see what they do going forward.
0: I I kind of think he has to be right. We're, we're talking about a former top 100 recruit. This will be you know now three years, this third season in the program. So I am with you. I do think Gentry is a guy to watch, but again, do we know he will be to your credit Brock? Yeah. We, we don't, right. Um, Amir Herring, I think is a really good shout out. Tristan bounds is a dude that has all the potential in the world to be a really, really good tackle. And he's been blocked the last couple of years. Maybe he breaks through with the opportunity. I never like picking a freshman on the offensive line to be a contributor I was trying to think back to this on a Twitter space the other day, and I think Mason Cole getting the surprising start at left tackle was maybe the the last time that that's happened. Uh, That said, I've already seen some comments. I agree 100%. I think Andrew Sprague is that dude. I think he's going to be the next great left tackle at Michigan. I've seen some comments about adding weight. He will be 320 by the time he gets here. I have no doubt in my mind about that 6'8". Cracking the two deep, I think is more realistic. Like becoming a starter would be outlandish with the people ahead of him, but that's a guy like I I've got them in order of how I think they're going to play down the road. I think Spraggs the left tackle, Hamilton guard, Garnero, we know center. I I've made the comp between Frazier and Zinter a bunch of times, right? He's the tiny guy at 64 270 or whatever <laughs> of this group. Right. And Ben Roebuck's another six, eight monster. So that's a really talented group for down the road. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I'm with you. I, If they went and got a tackle, I'd be fine with it, and I would trust it, but I also don't think I'd freak out if they didn't. So my biggest question mark for this group, obviously moving forward, assuming Jim Harbaugh stays, goes, whatever, um, I would like to see in what other fashion, obviously if Sharon becomes the head coach, I think he would relinquish it, but I think Grant Newsom is probably ready to become the offensive line coach, and I would love to see if Harbaugh is back, Sean Moore not have to be OC sole play caller and offensive line coach. You could move him back to tight end, a position he's coached in the past. And I wonder if that's just something to be considered. That could be a good across the board. And that'd have to be a situation if Harbaugh and Sean Moore believe Newsom is ready, which there's been some suggestion. They think he is. I, I think that's something when the coaching shifts start happening, it'd be interesting to see if they consider, but all right, a lot of questions on the offensive side on the defensive side. Yes, questions, but if we're talking about concern or unknown, it's not a ton. This defense is set up to be elite again in, in 2024. So defensive tackle, Brock, you already said it, probably the strength of this team this year, probably the strength of the team next year. Chris Jenkins is heading to the NFL, Cam Good, who ended up becoming a really, really useful contributor on this team when a lot of people thought he was just going to be a transfer depth piece. That said, Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant are back. That's the best defensive tackle combo in college football. There's, there's no doubt in my mind about that. A healthy Rayshon Benny comes in. And yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of young dudes here to be excited about. Josh, I know you're a Trey Pierce fan. You've brought him up yeah. before. Um, Reese Atterbury made the switch from offensive line. You know, but, but that being said, similar to the offensive line, except for we've got the experience with Graham and Grant. But what sticks out to you with this group and – I don't know if I need to ask about transfer portal. This is a group I think we need to address. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it, it starts and stops
2: with Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant. Um, just studs, you know, the, 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 the strength they need to get as many snaps as they, they can. Um, yeah, adding a Ray Benny once he gets healthy is, is going to be great because he's going to get more time. Uh, I think the best case scenario for him is that his injury isn't necessarily super long-term. I don't know if it's going to be enough to get him back uh, by spring, but he'll be, he'll be at least in rehab by the time spring rolls around. And I think that extra month might give him some time to enough to, to where he can participate, but we'll see obviously. But um, man, Trey Pierce, I love that kid. I think he's going to be a beast uh, here. Eventually uh, a really kind of reminds me of a cam good type of role where he can come in and be, no one really talked about him. No one really expects him to do much.
0: He'll be an um, explosive pass rusher. Yeah.
2: But he could be a guy that, that they rely on to, um, kind of spell Graham and grant a little bit. So, um, I, I obviously it, it starts and stops with Graham and grant. I mean, it, it you know, uh, we know what they are that, that, that is a known commodity. That's probably going to be the best tackle. Um, not probably. It, it, it is the best tackle duo in the country coming back. Um, so outside of the depth, I mean, the Ted Hammond is, is get, Beagle is going to be, or excuse me, Beagle. It's Beagle. 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 So it's I, not Beagle. It's not bagel. <laughs> Beagle. Beagle. um Or Beagle. I'm sorry. It's Beagle. It's Beagle. It is it is Beigel. The um, Beigel a really intriguing guy because we don't really know if he's going to be on defense or is he going to move to offense. Um, he's going to at least get some run on on defense. He's going to be interesting. Brooks bars put on a ton of weight. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trey Pierce. I, I'm really high on Trey Pierce. I think my two um, two names that will really come out of the woodwork is Trey Pierce and Ike Iwana. Um And I'm really curious to see what, you know, does. I mean, he's a big dude, um, but I don't know if he's more, I don't know if he's going to be an edge guy so or move. I've got, more him,
0: more. I've got him listed as edge. I'll explain why. Yeah.
2: That. Yeah. I mean, and and they obviously shuffle guys around on the defensive line too. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's okay to not have a defined role for, for a guy like him. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see about Ataberry. You know, a, a guy f- that has converted the defensive line so late in his in his career. You know, Harbaugh has a knack of of putting guys in spots where we're like, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I kind of said that when Mikey moved from wide receiver to DB, and we we saw what happened there. Um, you know, I think he has a, a knack of of finding spots for these guys. So um, if you really want to go get experience. You can add a nose or, yeah, a nose tackle, but I don't see outside of Graham and Grant, they're going to want to play, uh, and they're going to play a lot, and they're going to be relied on. Um, I don't think they really need to add much depth. I mean, it kind of depends on what Rayshon Benny's status is, but I think he'll be fine. Um, they've got guys. They just, need, they just need to play. And again, I've said this like eight times tonight without, with all these position groups. They just need to play and i think you know with guys like chris jenkins and cam good leaving you've kind of opened yourself up to getting a little bit more depth and rotation with some younger guys uh that will bode well for their futures too so we'll see um but yeah i i think mason graham and kenneth grant are the the probably the best tackle duo in the country right now
1: i almost wonder if we just talked about the offensive line and, and maybe the little bit of lack of depth there. I almost wonder if Reese Atterbury considers moving back to the offensive line because it, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Josh. I don't know if it's going to work out for him there, but I, I think you guys hit it. Graham and Grant, there's no no two better defensive linemen in college football and, and Ray Sean Benny's right there with them. Uh, hated to see him go down in the Rose bowl game. That was, that was tough to see. I saw it. Someone in the comments asked about who the fourth defensive tackle would be. And at, at this point, I'd have to go with Trey Pierce. I think he's yeah. he's going to be solid as a sophomore. Uh, is Are we listing Cam Brant in the edge group?
0: Yeah, but same thing as that, and I'll explain why. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. But, yeah, Trey Pierce, I'm, I'm high on him too, Josh. Uh, and I thought it was funny you guys were talking about Bagel and him listed two below. I know it's pronounced waffle, but oh and I waffle. I thought you could a
0: waffle and a bagel, and we got. Yeah, you, guys were, you guys were making me
1: hungry talking about Ugh. bagels and seeing waffles on the screen, but but yeah, I, I I'm excited about this group. I I do think it's going to be the the one of the better position groups on the team, right up there with with safety, uh, corner, depending on who wins that job alongside Will Johnson. But the defense as a whole, I mean, I know we're going to get into it, you know, in the next next few minutes here, but. It's going to be incredible. I, I don't think there's going to be much. There will be a little bit because they did lose a lot of talent, but I don't think there's going to be much of a drop-off between this year's team and next year's team, especially if they keep Minter. If they don't, maybe there will be. But if, if yeah. Minter's back, I, I definitely expect the defense to
0: dominate once again. Yeah, yeah that that's the biggest question for this defense, right, is, is Jesse Minter, who at this point, you know, you look at the Eagles, interviewed him last year. They go with Sean Desai, and for some reason – in the back half of the year, decide: hey, this Matt Patricia guy is who we want. to so they, they literally might circle back to Minter this year. That's how bad their defense imploded. But on the flip of that, Mike McDonald probably getting a head coaching gig, so Baltimore's open. Mike McDonald would be really smart to hire Jesse Minter. If he does get a head coaching gig, if Jim Harbaugh goes to the Chargers, he probably likes Jesse Minter. As I think a lot of the staff would say Minter's probably a guy that could go. The Cowboys I've mentioned, Cincinnati could open where he grew up. Like, Minter's going to have a lot of options, (laughs) right? So, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. This group starts with Graham and Grant, and that's enough for me. Those two as juniors is just almost unbelievable to think about. They're going to be unreal. I think Benny is going to step in and really own that third role. I'm with you on Pierce. Of the young guys, uh, Owen Wafel's tape is outrageous. Yeah, he's going to be good. And he's going to be good. I don't like, I've already done it with Blake Corum and Jake Butt and Zach Zinter comparisons. But if you watched Mason Graham's high school film and you watched Owen Wafel, there are some comparables. I'll say that, right? I'm not saying he's going to have a Mason Graham freshman year, but like if you're looking for that young guy that might be physically ready, I, I like Owen Wafel a lot. But again, with, with Graham Grant and Benny, I, I just don't see a reason for a young guy to get a ton of snaps early. But yeah, all right, let's talk about Edge what we know. And then I'll get into some of the categories that I've done here. So you lose Braden McGregor, you lose Jalen Harrell, your leading sack getter. Barely at seven and a half. Uh, Braden McGregor was just a dog all year, whether he showed up on the stat sheet or not, he did show up on the stat sheet multiple times, but you are very excited that Josiah Stewart is coming back. Stewart's a guy that was yeah. Michigan's best pass rusher since Nebraska, arguably, I'm already calling it double-digit sacks for him next year. He had double-digit sacks in his freshman year. I think he's really going to be a machine with another offseason with Michigan, your your weak side starter. And then Derek Moore is going to be your full-time strong head starter. So yeah. the sophomores yeah. of Graham Grant and Derek Moore is unreal, yeah. <laughs> right? Michigan's got size, speed, athleticism there. I think TJ Guy is probably going to get his chance now to really get in the rotation as the other weak side guy. Yep. This is where Cam Brandt and, you know, Etta come in. Yep. I think they both have a legitimate shot as the backup strong side edge. Now, people have asked about them being defensive tackles. Based on where they played last year, this is where I'm going. Both Brandt and Etta, with the snaps that they played, took significant snaps only over tackle. So, i.e., like five technique, like a, a three, four defensive end, or even outside that. Or, literally outside the tackle, which is a true edge. So hmm. Brant played a lot more than Etta. All of his snaps, which rank up about 60, were or outside. Etta in past rush only had nine snaps, also tackling outside. So these guys have not taken interior snaps in their freshman year. Yeah. They both kind of remind me of potentially a Chris Jenkins, right, who eventually moved in to the yeah. interior full time. But he was kind of that hybrid – defensive end tackle for a little bit with the need for the strong edge and again both of them easily could move inside I wouldn't be shocked but just based on how they've been used so far I've got them in the edge category moving forward so Josh again, Stewart and Moore lead this group but man there are a lot of young dudes in here I'd even bring up Breon Ishmael who added a bunch of weight coming in Keachon Bennett has played some snaps and then obviously a very good class of edge players. I can talk about Cole Sullivan being included there in a moment as well, but
2: yeah, no, I, I, you know, just to go on that, I, I really like their, their freshman class. They brought in a lot of promise. You, know, They're going to have to add that Maryland time. pipeline, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm really interested to see what Cole Sullivan ends up doing. Is he a true edge or does he, do they uh, bump him back
0: the to linebacker,
2: linebacker yeah. but um, man, yeah. <laughs> A lot to like on the defensive line as a whole. I mean, depth is there. Uh, promise is there. You know, but he's got the goods to be very good. Yes, he does. Rion Ishmael, just big boy. That's a big boy. Uh, <laughs> and, and, yeah, TJ Guy is probably going to be – I think he's in line for a breakout year. Um, I, I, This might be a hot take, but I think Derek Moore is better than Josiah Stewart. And that's not to say that they're bad. I just think Derek Moore has more um, – will have more of a successful year than, than Joe is doing. Um, and, again, I think both guys are going to have a very good year. It's a good problem to have. But uh, I just think Derek Moore is going to be better. Um, so, man, a lot to like. You know, there's there's youth there. There's experience, experienced youth. Uh, there's just – uh, this, there's just so much to like, you know, and, and, and a team that, uh, again, can rotate. If you can get some guys that you rely on, like a TJ guy, a Keyshawn Bennett, um, even an Edda, Cam Brandt, both just, just having that group of four guys that you can rotate in and out, I think you're going to be just fine, uh, in your, in your, uh, on your edge group. And, and, you know, that this team is your, this defensive line is really going to, um, not necessarily make or break this offense. I think that kind of goes into where they go next at defensive back outside of, of Will Johnson. Um, But you can really, again, control, control the line of scrimmage. And I think you're going to be just fine. And they've got the goods, you know, first, second, third team goods to, to really um, be able to spell the guys like Josiah Stewart, Derek Moore, um, uh, you know, Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham, you know, just having guys that you can spell or dispel and and give them a break. We're not even talking about the Kumbas, too, who could come in and and come in and and play uh, at some point. You know, he's he's a he's a bit of a project, but who better to work on him than Mike Elston? Right? I mean, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, there's so much to like with this edge group and defensive tackle group. I mean, this is. Yeah, you lose Brayden McGregor. Yeah, you lose Jalen Harrell. Yeah, you lose Chris Jenkins and Cam Good, but I think this group can be better, if not as good or better. I think they've got the talent. And now the, um, I hate to call them roadblocks, but, you know, the roadblocks for these younger guys to see the field are out of the way. And now you can kind of, uh, um, you know, get him out there. And and thank you to Shadyville too, who says that you trust coach Elson and uh, Roney. Yeah. Still in Roney too. Uh, a big, big, you know, just a big positive presence for Michigan there. So yeah. Thank you for including him too. That might Actually, be, there's
0: a shout out. That might be your next linebacker coach. We'll see how that shakes out, but I would not be surprised if he no, got that gig. Not be shocked. Uh, players talk about him all the time. Recruits talk about him all the time. So yeah. Deserves a yeah. shout out. But Brock.
1: Yeah. I don't think you're going to get, uh, a big four, as we as we saw this past year with McGregor, Harrell, Stewart, and Derek Moore. I don't think you're going to have four guys that will contribute that much, but I do think this group is going to be deeper. You know what you're going to get with Josiah Stewart, and you know what you're going to get with Derek Moore. Those are two guys that are proven, and they're going to be the top two guys going into 2024. I'm really high on three guys, and I, th- I think it's almost in three different levels. I'm, I'm high on TJ Guy. I think he's going to take a big, big step in 2024 and prove himself as that third pass rusher. I'm also high on Cam Brant. I think, you know, as a sophomore, he he may not make a huge impact, but I think he's going to be a guy who will be there in the rotation. I, I like his game a lot. Uh, not as high on Eno Etta, but I think he could be a guy that'll that'll rotate in there and, and give, give Derek Moore and Josiah Stewart, TJ Guy, a little bit of a break. And I'm also really high on a Imeric. Is that how you pronounce it? Imeric Kumba. I believe so.
0: He, yeah. Again, yeah, I'm probably not the guy to ask, but <laughs> <laughs> he's,
1: he's a player, and I think he might be a year away still. Like you mentioned, Josh, he's a little bit of a project. I think 2025, he's a guy that might that might just explode in. Like he's got that. Road was just yep. Sorry, the David Ojabo type role where he, yep. no, almost no one knows his name in 2024, but 2025 he could burst onto the scene and really, really make a big impact. So excited about him, but that's a yeah, good,
2: comp. I, that's a good comp, Brock. Thanks. You yeah, won't, but, get, you won't um, get bullied in the comments for that one.
1: All right, good, good. I appreciate it. <laughs> Did you get um, bullied against it? No, I haven't seen um, it. Right. He's
2: wearing a hat. That's
1: he's what. wearing a hat tonight. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Uh, but, but yeah, I, and I haven't even talked about Keyshawn Bennett, Tyler McLaurin. Uh, Bennett's gotten a few more steps, snaps than McLaurin has, if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. I, I do think you're going to see, a deeper group, more a little bit more rotation in 2024 than in 2023. I think mainly they stuck with the four guys, McGregor, yeah. Harrell, Stewart, and Moore for the most part. They kind of just brought two in for a few plays and then brought the other two back in and kind of rotated that way. I think you're going to see Stewart and Moore as the surefire starters, but TJ Guy is going to rotate in there a lot, Branton at a two. I think they have a lot of depth and, and uh I think they're in a good good spot. Cole Sullivan, I was interested to see him here at edge. I thought he, was he listed as a linebacker coming out of high school. Yeah, or, yeah. Okay. But he
2: yep. says that he says that they're going to try him at edge first.
1: That's interesting. I I'm yeah. interested to see how that'll go. I I see him more as a linebacker, but I, I I'm no I don't know football. I'm no staff member. I trust what they're going to do with him. So really excited about the edge group.
0: He's 6'5 already, and he was, like, just a little over 200, and they were playing him like a Mike linebacker, and they said, you know, that's where he could be. But, yeah, that's a frame that's going to fill out to to 240, 250, most likely. And, again, let me keep these big-name comps going, Uh, but the kid from Pittsburgh reminds me of another kid from Pittsburgh who played linebacker and tight end in high school, Chase Winovich. Yep. When you watch his tape, it's his biggest moments – are in pursuit into the backfield, whether it's getting a tackle for loss or getting a sack. And he's a physical tackler. Uh, I just, I, and again, we'll see this Michigan recruits, versatile players. You see how they develop, how their frame fills out. But for now, he, he looks like a a surefire weak side edge to me. Um, That whole group man, Baxter and Nichols are two really, really good players out of Maryland that could have an impact. I think getting Lugar to was a, a sneaky late ad. Yeah. That dude has length. Man, yeah. we made made the Ajabo comp with Kumba that could probably be similar there where maybe he needs a year or two, but oh my God, the the tools that kid's got. Um I think I agree and disagree with you at the same time, Brock. Like I think Stuart and Moore are gonna lead the show. Um there there's just too much of a gap between the guys behind them to have the equal rotation we saw with the four. I don't know if that'll lead some more rotation or less than like when they do come off, are they going to play like, are they going to rotate guy and some other dudes? It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But Josh, you're not wrong to go with Moore as maybe being a better player. Uh, this year, Stewart graded out as the second best defender behind only Mason Graham, but in pass rush, man, Derek Moore was the behind Mason Graham and Jalen Harrell. He had six sacks, 26 pressures, just a really good all-around edge defender and that, that junior leap it, it it seems likely so yeah the I just having both of those i think is where it starts with this group and man am i excited about the pen the, the potential of it so yeah how they rotate will be a storyline obviously but I've got no concerns about that group mm-hmm. uh linebacker you would think concern would be high after losing two established starters Junior Colson and, and Michael Barrett Um, Colson, I think we probably saw coming largely because of the addition of Jay Sean Barham from Maryland. Um, I told you I'm always a little biased to a dude I've watched play well against Michigan. (laughs) So he had the only interception against JJ McCarthy that was not against Bowling Green. So there you go. That red zone pick, um, Michael Barrett. I, I mean, on and off the field, I don't know how you replace Michael Barrett. you You can't. You know, there is a leadership void, I think, with this group. Not that there won't be captains, but just the kind of leader that somebody like Michael Barrett was. I like Ernest Hausman coming in. I think him and Barham are going to be a really good duo. I was so excited when they got Barham. Um, But Colson and Barrett, I mean, those are just their major losses. They are. Jaden Hood, is he going to be a guy that, you know, we heard good things leading all the way up to the season? Can he Mm -hmm. step in and rotate with Hausman? Jimmy Rolder, a guy we've heard a lot of good things about, dealt with some injuries, and unfortunately got thrown to the wolves guarding Kate Stover in man coverage against (laughs) Ohio State, right? And then again, I know people like to talk crap about Michigan's recruiting, but hey, here's another group of talented sophomores and freshmen where we can start picking out dudes that might be able to break out.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not concerned with, um with, with the linebackers, I think they've got top end talent. And again, it just comes down to the unknowns. Um, You know, the Jaden hoods, is he, you know, is he going to live up to the, live up to the expectations? Um, You know, what does Samaj Bridgman do after a year, yeah. you know, a Jason Hewlett that the guys have been, uh, or excuse me, the, the, the staff has been really high on. Um, it, it just kind of, it just depends on, how these guys behind the Ernest Hausman's and, and Barham kind of perform. Um, Jimmy Rolder been hurt all year. So I don't really kind of really have an opinion on this year that what he had. I mean, the, the whole, yeah, it was injured. And then he had the red shirt because of that. I'm not really too worried about that. I think he'll be just fine if he can stay healthy this year. Uh, he's going to get some run. Micah Pollard, probably another guy too. Uh, one guy I'm really interested in is Hayden Moore. I think he could be a guy that that's really intriguing. Um, and I don't, the, the Mason Curtis, you know, he might be a guy that turns into an edge prospect too. I mean, it could go the opposite way where he goes to the edge and, and, uh, Sullivan bumps back out to to linebacker. But, um, yeah, I mean this group, there's no denying this group runs through Ernest Hausman and Barham. I mean, I think Barm is going to be an excellent, excellent addition to this group. Um, you know, obviously, and I'm not just saying this because Mike Barrett Senior has been in the chat here. You can't replace Mike Barrett.
0: I say I think he might be gone, so we don't. Have- uh, if
2: he's gone, oh good, he's gone. I, I Mike I, Barrett, oh he's terrible. I, no, I'm just I, I
0: kiss his ass plenty with text messages, but
2: don't worry. No, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no replacing what Barrett has meant to this program on and off the field. So. Uh, to see some level of drop off is to be expected, especially from a leadership standpoint. Junior Colson, just a dog, a warrior of the highest degree. Um, it's clubs, it's two two oven mitts on his hands. <laughs> that guy, you you could chop his legs off, and he'd be running around on bloody stumps, and he'd still play. He's just that's just he's just that reliable um again like barrett you can't really replace him on and off the field so you kind of expect some level of drop off from the group however it is kind of unfair for houseman and barham because they're both very good in their own right too but you gotta this is this is the college game you gotta fill you've got holes to fill shoes to fill roles to take over you gotta you gotta that it is what it is, and and you know, replacing Michael Barrett is no easy task and um, you know, good luck to them, but no, but they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I am um, not, I'm not worried about the linebacker group at all.
1: I think, I think this linebacker group is comparable to the edge group that we just did in the sense that there are a clear top two guys. Mm-hmm. Like we just talked about with Derek Moore and Josiah Stewart. I think you see that here with Ernest Hausman and Jay Sean Barham. And I think what Josh said is, is, Exactly right. I think this the ceiling, Jordan I guess.
2: Of, What's up, my man? We were talk- just talking about
0: you. Yeah. We were just talking about you, Jordan. Good things. Trust me. We weren't, we, weren't
2: talking, we weren't talking smack. I promise you.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I was the one that said he's contributing as a freshman. I don't remember the rest of you, but. I <laughs> said <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you, I, I,
1: I, I think. I think how far this group can go, it all comes down to, to guys like Jaden Hood, Jimmy Rolder, and Micah Pollard. And and like I said, you know what you're going to get out of Ernest Hausman and Jay Sean Barton. Those are two really, really good linebackers. But we know Michigan likes to rotate on defense, keep guys fresh. And so I think it's going to come down to how how much can we see improvement from Jaden Hood? A guy who, from what we heard, played really well in camp, in fall camp last year and was was pushing, but then I guess it just never worked out. Didn't really see the field. Jimmy Rolder saw significant snaps as a freshman. He, he played uh big minutes in that or big snaps in, in that Ohio state game there in Columbus. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Trevor said Jordan Marshall should get 30 touches a game right away. Yeah. But, uh but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like I said, Rolder, he, he was a guy that was playing in the first half, of, if I'm not mistaken, of the Ohio State game before it was kind of getting out of hand there in the second half in Columbus. So I think if guys like Jaden Hood, Jimmy Rolder, and Micah Pollard can step up, you're going to see a really good linebacker group behind Hausman and Barham. And I don't think you're going to see too much of a drop off from losing Colson and Barrett because Hausman and Barham can step up. You'll see... Improvement from Houseman for sure, and we know what Barham can do. Like Trevor said, he played well against Michigan there late in the regular season. But, yeah, in in my opinion, it all comes down to how much Hood, Roller, and Pollard can progress in their games.
2: I want to go – I want to pause real quick. Um, Fold season here. (laughs) What a name. Um, Was Niblack brought up? No, I, I don't expect Michigan to go after a transfer portal tight end right now. I don't expect them to do it. Um, I, I think they like their depth right now. And I, I don't think they're going to add as of right now. I mean, they could in April, obviously a lot of this, I mean, I, well, the, the window is closed, but you know, with, with the uh, grad transfers coming in and out and stuff, I very much expect to do th- for them to do most of their additions in April. Um, so, We'll kind of see, you know. I, I don't think they're going to add any, you know. Uh, if if they have injuries, then maybe. But right now, I don't see them adding any immediately. Adding anyone at the at the tight end spot, and I know they're trying to keep people instead of adding people. So
0: I would say it's a little different than last time. AJ Barner was such an obvious plug-in for for Schoonmaker, and there was no obvious person to step up. Right. Yeah, right. Um, well. But yeah, we, we talked about tight end. Um, So if, if anybody's jumping in now, you'll be able to cycle back to that. But yeah, yeah, I I think you guys both nailed it. The one thing I would add is this is a group we've seen Michigan not be scared to just leave two dudes on the field. Right. So 2022 and a lot of 23 uh, Colson and Barrett just did not come off the field much. So Mm. um, if, if Houseman and Barham are heads above everyone else, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. I'm with you though, Josh, there's, there's some, that group, the, the sophomores are, they're all red shirt freshmen, I guess, but Bridgman, Hewlett and more people always ask us, Hey, who have you heard about that? Maybe we wouldn't know about. I think those are three guys we've heard people talk about, even though we haven't really seen anything. Um, Jeremiah Beasley, obviously down the road is going to bring speed to that position. Mason Curtis is a sneaky, good addition. And, Without getting into the Ludwig situation too much, I got him penciled in at linebacker. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the eventual Bredesen replacement. Yeah, I think he's back fullback role. But. I think he's
2: exact. That's exactly what he's going to be. Is that that Bredesen role once he's come and gone? Yep. Um. Yeah.
0: All right. So a couple more positions to get to. This one we're going to call interesting, right? <laughs> so cornerback. The obvious known is the best corner in college football. Well, Johnson is returning. I think things begin and almost stop there, right? You, you know, you've got Will Johnson, but that's not true. You've lost Mike Sainer still. Um, I think just like we were talking about with Michael Barrett, uh, the, that's a guy on and off the field. I don't know how you replace. You're not going to do it with one guy. You're probably going to do it with multiple players, which is why Michigan was looking at a couple dudes in the portal. I have a theory about why they might not anymore. We'll get to that. Uh, Jaden McBurrows is back. We saw him compete for CB2 role and then kind of become the backup nickel. The, the, the guy's battling, though, for that other outside spot. McBurrows, potentially, or maybe he's the nickel. Again, we'll get into that. I think Miles Pollard and Cody Jones could get their name in. But DJ Waller and Jair Hill were two freshmen that, at different moments last year, made some moves and I think are probably at the forefront of that conversation. Um, but I don't know if I want to bring it up now or, or wait till we get to safety, but I, I think there is a, a safety who could make his way into this conversation as well. But yeah. Why not? I
2: mean, they're both, they're both kind of.
0: Yeah. So, so here's my deal. Sort of Rod Moore and Makari page come back. Uh, we have tried desperately to figure out what's going on with Quentin Johnson. Uh, we, I've talked to people very close to him. And so Josh, I don't think he knows he's, he could potentially enter the transfer portal later, but he's another guy you could have back at safety. Uh, in my mind, Keon Sab from his coverage grades, right? Five pass breakups. We saw two in the national championship game, two interceptions. He's a guy who can get physical. He has a high pass rush grade. He only blitzed six times this year mm-hmm. and three pressures on those six. I think that's a guy you plug into that nickel safety role and, and, and maybe him and McBurrows alternate in different ways. McBurrows plays outside. I think you can get creative there. But when I think about how they use Dax Hill versus Sanders still, I, I wonder if Sab is a, interesting solution to a problem that might exist at corner.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can even throw in Jaden McBurrows in that, in that slot nickel type of role too. I mean, they've got guys that can do it. Um, I sound like such a broken record when it comes to this team, but you know, they have talent, just a lot of unknowns, just a lot of unknowns and it's happened before at corner and they've been just fine. Uh, I know they tried to add through the portal, um, missed on Upton stout. Um, I think they could do go that route again in April, uh, you know, or unless, you know, there's someone that comes in through the portal, uh, that's a grad transfer, like a, like a Josh Wallace type of deal, but, um, they've got guys. So, you know, obviously we know what Will Johnson is. Um, DJ Waller's a guy that's seen plenty of time. Jair Hill needs to see more time. Um, but you know, you've got three guys. That have played. Well, Will Johnson's played significant snaps, obviously, but you've got two guys outside of Will Johnson who have played some good amount of snaps in DJ Waller and Jaden mcburrows So, two guys you can likely rely on. Um, do they fill the uh, CB two role and CB three role? Possibly. You can do a lot of different things with them, but uh, I know a lot of people have mentioned in the in the chat here. Uh, Josiah Edmond, um, I like him a lot. I don't know if he's going to play as a true freshman, but he's got the potential to be very, very good in the future.
0: It's a really good find. Yeah. This, yeah. Solid Every, find. Everybody went from, oh, a Purdue commit to yeah. big time schools offering. Yeah. Oh, hey, turned into up. a four star. Isn't that weird? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Funny how that works. <laughs> so, and I think the key here for people to, to think about is when you, when you are, um, talking about Steve Klinkscale, he teaches his players every position in the defensive backfield. Every position. If you're a safety, you know how to play corner. You know how to play slot. You know how to play nickel. You know how to play all of those roles. Um, and vice versa, if you're a corner, you know how to play safety. You know how to play boundary and field and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not super worried about the depth because – they are so unique in terms of their coverages. You know, they've put Rod Moore all over the field. They've put Keon mm-hmm. Sab all over the field.
0: So I think it's a really Jay- good point. Rod Moore broke out on this team as the backup and the guy that filled in for Dax Hill. That's how yeah. he well, they've that got guys, role. yeah.
2: They've got guys that you can mix and match. You don't necessarily have to rely on. Um rely on the younger guys. I mean, yeah, you'd like to see them play and you'd like to see them develop, but if you're really worried about it, clink is going to, is going to slot and, and mix guys around because he's just good like that. That's what he does. So, um, we'll kind of, we'll, well, I'm not super worried about it because clink is that good of a coach that can kind of, you know, shuffle his defensive backs around. So, um, yeah, I mean, law, I mean, you can't, you can't replace Mike Sainer still, uh, Josh Wallace, excellent, excellent addition, the portal addition. Um, but, you know, Will Johnson there, you've got one cornerback role locked down forever. So we'll see. I mean, I, I, I trust the coaching staff to put these guys in position. And, um, you know, the good thing is having all these guys come back at safety, you can kind of, you know, mix and match. This
0: is, this is slowly becoming the name drop show. <laughs> my boy mr darbo congratulations again recently married uh don't ever ask that dude if he works out he does that's a big man <laughs> <laughs> Do you even lift bro yeah that was i used you that line darbo picture <laughs> picture from his wedding with his suit jacket unable to button because his arms are out here <laughs> not kidding. i love you darbo good to see you brother uh brock go ahead man here's where i'm at with this group i think I think
1: this is the most intriguing group on the roster because it almost seems like they have they have one more guy than the amount of positions that are on the field. Will Johnson's going to be a starter, we know that. And you're going to get another corner, whether that be Waller or McBurrows. It's going to be someone. You're going to have two corners. And then you have two safeties and a nickel split between McBurrows, Rod Moore, Macari Page, and Keon Sav. And I don't know what they're gonna do. I I could see him going with McBurrows at nickel. I could see him going with Rod Moore at nickel. I could see him going with Keon Sabbath at nickel. The only I think there are only two known commodities right now, and I think it's Will Johnson at corner and Makari Page at at safety. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know what they're gonna do. Someone someone's gonna to have to, I guess, come off the bench. And you know, they rotated Keon Sabb a lot in the national championship game. He played really, really well other than that than that missed tackle but
2: but <laughs> i'm just laughing at the jj talking the, the yeah, jj yeah. discourse in the in the comments i, I was, I, I, was on a
1: roll, nope. I was on a roll there and i, I saw you guys that. smiling and i saw the <laughs> chat <We couldn't> help <laughs> but laugh. my yeah.
2: bad my bad sorry for distraction i couldn't <laughs> help myself
1: i'm happy for the young man that's yeah
2: <laughs> you know uh, yeah. but
1: but yeah i mean i i'm really interested to see what they what they do i Tell you what, I I really think Rod Moore would make a great nickel, and then they could go with Keon Sab and McCary Page at safety. But I, but then again, Mc McBor- played well too. He had that mm-hmm. interception in the Michigan State game. So I I don't know what I don't know what they're gonna do. It's very very interesting, but it almost seems like they have not enough not enough spots, starting spots that is for the amount of players that could contribute.
0: Here, here's yeah. what I. Just a
2: just okay. a ray of just
0: a yep. ray of sunshine today. Yep. 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 Uh <laughs> I'm not gonna bash the decisions of a 20-year-old who is already <laughs> richer than I'll ever be. So um here's what I know about the Michigan defense. They adjust to the players that they have and the strengths that they have, right? So, like we talked about with the Ed's persistent, we saw with Hutch and Ajabo, it was two dudes only. And then when they had the four guys to rotate, that's what it was. Defensive tackle depth. Linebackers, just the two we saw with corner initially some rotation and Josh Wallace exceeding expectations, not only holding on to that job all year, but like competing with Will and Sainer still in terms of coverage grades and pass breakups. Mm-hmm. And they threw his way a lot because they weren't throwing it Will Johnson's way a ton, right? So, um, but we've seen them do three safety looks before, right? Especially when Makari Page came on and kind of took Moten's job, there was a lot of three safety looks, and Moten kind of went into that hybrid role. Um, I haven't brought up Zeke Berry. We'll we'll talk to about him. He's in the safety conversation as well. I'm torn because Brock. I've seen Rod Moore do the nickel roll before, and he was good at. It, so I kind of agree with you, but I also think, in a weird way, like we talked about with Zinter going down, Barnhart moving over, and Jones coming in. I think I just I prefer Rod Moore at free safety. Yeah. Like, and and that that converse. So I know that's it. And they could rotate him or they. Here's the thing. You're going to have your five best secondary players. And if that's Will Johnson and Waller and Hill or big bros or one of them, and then more page and Sab, and I'm running a four, two, five, that's my five secondary guys. Like Josh said, Will Johnson could play nickel and safety too. All of these guys can play anywhere. And that's part of what makes this defense so good is the ability to disguise and adjust. So, but this is another group where look, similar to defensive tackle, there's talent and, and people that need to rise up, but I have Will Johnson. And I feel really good about that. And I feel good about Clink maybe coming through the thrust. Comments, I didn't talk about it. Amarian Walker entering the portal. I, kind of the same thing as Clemens, guys. This is Harbaugh has said this out loud before. If you're a sophomore and you haven't already carved out a role in the two deep going into your junior year, like it makes sense for you to look around. Walker was part of that freak show wide receiver class too. They move him over. He can't get healthy. He plays a little bit. If he decides, you know, he wants to go do something else and maybe have an easier chance and doesn't want to compete with, look, we just mentioned three or four dudes already without even mentioning him leaving, right? Again, who he, who he could be and who he was, I don't blame him for looking somewhere else and I'm, I'm comfortable with what Michigan has. Look, we, we've talked about this already, largely, so let, let's nail it down here with the rest. So Paige and Moore are back. Quentin Johnson, I still have on here. We don't know yet. Um, he could come in <laughs> Quentin Johnson, man. Talk about, I mean, I know not the, the big hit against Ohio state, obviously, but this is a dude that graded out, played a lot of snaps. Like he, him coming back would be huge. And this group's already yeah. loaded. Um, I've got Christian Dixon listed here. He kind of announced he's made the change over. Um, I, I don't know if that's more than like, Hey, you're not getting on the field at receiver. If you want to try DB, I don't know. He's been loyal to Michigan. He said he's switching positions. So, <laughs> Them turf Toski to go no cap, we're still trying to figure out how we can do cut ups, guys. Uh, ESPN sucks.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, or uh, Yahoo. Uh, YouTube's really cut down or uh, nailed down on that lately. I don't, I don't know what the I, I, I don't know what the solution is.
0: I think it was the I think the viewership of the game and how big it is. But like, I just wish they understood. Like, the game already happened. We're not taking anything from you and channels like ours. Or bringing more attention to the sport, which is good for you, but whatever. Uh, that discussion yeah. later. Uh, but anyway, Josh, this is a group, not a lot of questions because of page and more coming back. Really, it's like, well, like Brock said, do, do I have enough spots to get playing time for how many players are in this spot? And then I think Brandon Hillman is a sneaky, sneaky good young player in this yeah. game too.
2: Yeah, he could be this year's uh Keon Sab for sure. Um, you know, definitely a guy that could see some time um Zeke Berry too. Uh Jaden Smith, Jaden Smith. He is a guy who's very very intriguing to me. I do not think he'll play right away, but once they figure out what they're going to do with him, I think he's going to be very good. Jaden Smith could be a safety or they could kind of bump him down to be like a hybrid linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um his coach raved about him when i what would you uh,
0: call that is there a name for a position like that a viper
2: no i don't say it don <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, brown coming back confirmed. John brown confirmed. Uh, i got you um
2: yeah isaiah simmons yeah Shadyville. that's a really good that's a really good comparison but yeah for jd
0: jd God, simmons, was a beast at clemson
2: yeah it, well and that's the tough thing too when you go to the next level the nfl it's really hard to find a role. Yeah, when you're one of those not, hybrid guys. Yeah, yeah, you're not a linebacker, but you're not a safety, but you're really well – you do really well in the college game. So um, I, I could see him become a become a linebacker, and they just say, don't worry about safety, just be a linebacker full-time. But he's a guy that intrigues the hell out of me. So, yeah, there's there's Rob Moore, Macari Page, I think the, uh, the best – safety group in the country if not one of the best um adding Quentin Johnson back is huge again we don't really know what he's going to do yet he might just um go through the spring and kind of see right where he's at and you know either grad transfer or stay for his last year but um you know if if it's hard to see him going anywhere the way they used him was was great but I could kind of see him wanting to get more playing time but um yeah I mean Keon Sab. We already know what he is. They that's that's a lot of trust to have Keon Sab play the amount he did in the national championship game. That is a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. And he performed well, you know. One mistake that didn't end up biting them too much at the end, but bounced back from that mistake, played well. I just think he's just he's gonna be a, a really good contributor, whether it's a, a you know where they bump him down the corner if necessary, or they rotate him in and out with with Macari or Rod. Um, you know, there's there's depth there, which is good. And I know people won't mention Caden Colazar as a safety, but that loss from a special teams perspective is really important. And I know people think like if you don't see the field, and people will kind of brush off special teams. Having an effective gunner on special teams is huge. And and Jay Harbaugh seems to always find one every year. Um, there's like a Matthew Hibner, too, left. Um, that entered the portal today. And he was another really valuable special teams guy. So...
0: Hellman um, was last year, too.
2: Yeah. If you know ball, if you are a ball knower, you'll know the importance of having good special teams player players despite, you know, guys being buried on the depth chart like a Christian Dixon. Um, they're incredibly important to you. So anytime you lose them, it's, it's tough to bounce back from, but you know, when we talk about top end talent, Michigan's got it again, another, another position I'm not worried about whatsoever.
1: Yeah. I talked a lot already about Makari page and Rod Moore and, and Keon Sav, the guys there at the top, but Christian Dixon is a guy that is interesting to me. I'm he's, he's kind of in the same boat for me as like Tavier Dunlap guys that have been around for a while. And I'm surprised that they're still here. If I'm being honest, just because they haven't really seen the field all that much. Right. And you know, he, he makes the transition from wide receiver over to safety. We'll see if that works out for him, but yeah, a lot to be excited about with this group. Zeke Barry really talented. There was a play. I think it was early in the year in, in a non-conference game. If I remember right where he just came, and shot out of a cannon and, and made a big tackle. I think it was it was for a loss. Uh and then he, he got hurt uh, either on that play or a few plays later, if I remember right, and then didn't didn't see the field too much after that. But yeah, a lot lots to be excited about with this group. I think the the ceiling of this defense is increased now that Makari Page and Rod Moore are back. And I tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if Keon Sab pushed for a, a starting role in in whatever role it may be. I think he's too good to keep off the field and like you mentioned Josh, they have a lot of trust in him putting him on the field for as much as he was on the field in that national championship game. And he made a lot of big plays. He had two pass breakups and and you know, like I meant like we all mentioned he missed the tackle. That Washington only got a field goal out of that so it didn't hurt Michigan, but he's a guy where I think he might just be so good you can't you can't leave him off the field. And whether that means rotating in with, with Page and more, or, or playing at nickel or playing at corner or whatever it may be, he's, I think he's a guy that's got to be on the field yeah. a lot in 2024.
0: You, you guys have already touched on it. But, yeah, after that missed tackle, uh, his only missed tackle, he ended up being one of the leading tacklers in that national championship game. He graded out behind only Mason Graham for being the best player in that game. He was targeted seven times. Gave up only three receptions for 28 yards. He had two monster pass breakups that were not just solid for the moment they happened, but technique wise. Right. So I I'm with you. Sab might be when all said and done by the end of this, the second best player behind Will Johnson in that secondary. So I I think he gets on the field. Somebody had asked about Johnson taking his job. Johnson's more of the strong safety with page. Sab is more of a free safety with Rod Moore. So that's the, the dynamic with those two there. Um, I do not want to spend a bunch of time. No offense to our kickers out there, but uh, James Turner is gone. Tommy Doman will obviously be your punter again. He showed some strong leg. And then Adam Samaha is going to be your guy that takes over that kicker. He was, when it comes to like recruiting rankings for kickers, he's about as good as it gets. Uh, There was a chance he was going to be the kicker as a freshman and they end up adding Turner, you know, because it's tough to win a national championship with a freshman kicker. Turner, obviously a big part of winning that game against Ohio State. So uh, but I would expect Samaha to be pretty good stepping in next year. So uh that said, boom, hey, we're back. All right, two hours of roster talk. Yes. Have Franklin
2: you just right? absolutely passed out in the background. Oh, hey, yeah, look at that. He's been asleep this <laughs> whole pod, this whole pod, and he is just out
0: like a light. It's funny. He used to bark all the time. And that, this is what you got to do. Just keep the door open as long yeah, as he doesn't get answer. in there with you. Yeah. So the cat making appearance. I did not know. I locked my cat in the office with me. So he is freaking the hell out right now, <laughs> <laughs> which means it's time to go.
2: <laughs>
0: anyway. Uh Yeah. So for those of you either just joining us or watching back, obviously we did go through each position group. I'll go through and make sure I can edit it so you can go back and revisit the conversations by position. We obviously started with Jim Harbaugh talk and there will be more of it to come. So make sure you are following us over at michigan.rivals.com. Obviously they said we cover Michigan for the Rivals Network. If you're not subscribed already, which I already, again, see a bunch of our subscribers in here. uh, They, they can speak to it. We always say, ask our, our subscribers in our community. Uh, We're so proud of of the community we have over there in the den. Um, Maybe not as, positive this week as we would have expected. I think some of yeah. you Mich- I think some of you Michigan fans have been so worried for so long about getting to this point you don't know how to be now that we're here. They won a national championship. It's okay to be excited. You can be a little concerned about the future too but go ahead and enjoy that national championship because this guy right here that was a long time ago <laughs> right yeah, it, so was. Yeah, it was 26 years give it more than a couple days <laughs> right enjoy enjoy this daddy but anyway Make sure you're you're over at the den, so you're getting the intel updates from our boy Mr. Josh Henschke. And then, like Brock said, football season's year-round, so I already have depth charts up for offense and defense. We're going to start getting into, you know, the spring topics, the breakout player candidates, and all of that. So, and then obviously the NFL draft is coming up, and and Michigan is going to try to break the record for most players selected from one school. In a draft, they obviously have, like I said, 20, 21 guys, depending how you look at it, have to get to 15 actually selected. Uh we'll we'll have to see, right? And then we'll have a conversation about and JJ. it's in Detroit too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Totally forgot that. Yeah, I,
2: I just realized that the other day
0: when they were talking about it. Wow. Like, oh yeah, it's so the, the Lions are gonna win the Super Bowl and have the NFL draft the same year. That's weird. <laughs> We'll have a
2: folds, we'll we'll have a we'll have a draft preview at some point. Oh yeah. In the coming months.
0: Yeah, it's wow. it's a little too early. But yeah, we we follow the combine and then you know, I always have stuff going out there with different mock drafts and then yeah, once it gets close to the draft we have a pretty good idea of where yeah. some of those guys may or may not go, teams that are interested yeah. and such. But yeah, we'll definitely have draft coverage all the way leading up till the end of April about, you know, what teams they've met with and and things like that. So Again, make sure you're following along, michigan.rivals.com. If you're here on YouTube Live, you know we love having you in the conversation and answering questions. If you want to be live with us, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and doing the notification bell so you know when we do go live with Hail to the Podcast, Cut with Toski, and all of Dennis's post-game coverage and live shows during the week. So other than that, this has been another episode of Hail to the Podcast. We will – be back next week. I'm sure there'll be nothing to talk about when it comes to.
2: Honestly, at this point, I hope so.
0: <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I I don't know. Who the hell knows? Who hey, knows? let's let's do it. I know it's Tuesday. Josh, Michigan or Chargers? Right now, what's your bet?
2: Oh boy. Uh, hold on, I just got to get a little bit rid of this dickhead in the in the uh, in the. Just posting the same thing. Again, I don't
0: understand it. Hey, just suck on that natty. You yeah, like <laughs> I love the goal post moving, by the way. I've seen this now where it's like, okay, you won one natty, now win another, huh? Like, what? Me, oh,
2: Michigan just won the natty. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, uh, it's so dumb. <laughs> anyway, Michigan Chargers. Don't get what'd you say? I just dropped the F-bomb.
2: Oh, well, I guess you didn't hear it. Oh, yeah, because normally it.
0: so family friendly. Whoops. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, don't go too deep. Just Michigan Chargers. He got, like, um, you can change your mind, but if you had to guess today,
2: oh boy, I still say Michigan, but man, it's getting closer and closer every day. Um, no news is good news, I think. You know, if this goes on during the week, no news is good news, but uh, it's uh, it feels different, it does not feel like the Broncos or the Vikings. So, um, there's my cat. I want to say hello. Um, I would call the we'll shit kinda, if I picked it up, but he's- I I'd still say Michigan for now, but man, I will see. We'll see Brock. It feels legitimate. I
1: said, I said chargers last week. I'm going to stick with it. Actually. I said somewhere in the NFL. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, we this, had to really dig I'm, that out of you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's- yeah.
0: <laughs> going, oh, 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 oh. I, I just think it's gonna be the NFL.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. I, I'm sticking with Chargers for now.
0: Yeah. I'm with Josh. It does feel a little different this time around. I still just I don't think the Chargers are gonna give him everything he wants. What I do is a weirdo. That's the thing. Like yeah. you just can't predict what he's doing. Yeah. I, I still like I I believe him that he would be content staying here and I get the the Super Bowl pull. I do think the Chargers are the one job as well. Like when it comes to the the family element, I've beat this topic to death, but um I'm still picking Michigan right now. Um I don't think Falcons Raiders. I don't. It's it's Chargers or Michigan for me. Um, L. A. has been so deliberate with the amount of coaches they've interviewed and the G. M. s and. I I think I think the GM hire is probably more important than the head coach hire with their roster situation. And that might be a big tell too what they're doing moving forward based on the GM they hire. But anyway, like I said, follow along, Michigan.rivals.com will we'll keep you up to on the rumors and what Josh thinks is BS among some of those rumors. That's a lot out there. Yeah. Yeah. Again, any, anybody telling you they know what is thinking is lying. I, I've said that for three years now. Like if if that is their framing that they're coming from, where hey, this is what he wants. You don't know, you're lying. <laughs> like yeah. I, some people have joked. I say it's always if you're not Jim, John, Jack, or Sarah. And some people have joked, man. Sarah might not know, right? Like that's the way this dude operates. So yeah,
2: some people claim some people claim to know what's going on and and claim to be his friends, but you know they don't they don't truly know yeah. what's going on and all up in that dome.
0: And he has an NFL agent now. So I think what is said and what gets out there is obviously different too. You brought that up. Like that might not be directly from him, but we're at that leverage tension stage where things are being said for maybe different reasons than what's actually being said. But yeah, account 22 nails it. Nobody knows anything. Sometimes this takes time. Uh, the constant five minute updates. Also ridiculous. That's not how these things play out. So anyway. Oh,
2: well, and, and I will say with parting words here, um, I think this process isn't gonna be quick. I don't get the sense it's gonna be quick. So by the time we talk on whether it's Sunday or Monday, probably Monday, considering the playoffs, and I'm gonna be all in on the Lions on Sunday. Um I I don't know if we'll even have any sort of sense of what happening what's happening next. The Chargers are, are interviewing someone on Friday. I know they're doing another interview. I know they requested an interview for, I think it was Raheem Morris this week too. So I don't expect this cycle to be done for the Chargers to be done this week. Maybe not even next week. We'll, we'll kind of see because obviously you got to do
0: second round of interviews. So yeah. I don't know. Man. I've never been more sure it's going to happen tomorrow. Every time we do this. <laughs> <laughs> something it's a jinx. it's something i we'll have to well. do some
2: sort of emergency pod if that's the case yeah.
0: but yeah you know i which if you have your notification bell on you'll know when we go right live. exactly ow he's hooked on me we're all hooked on you josh and your excellent coverage over at michigan.rivals.com yeah
2: if you're not <laughs> a, if you're not a subscriber you should do it
0: <laughs> all right yes all right. all right thanks for joining us guys as always here on hail to the podcast we'll see you soon